month of January, we've partnered up with Coros Wearables, who aim to bring cutting-edge technologies to athletes, explorers, and outdoor enthusiasts. Coros have a long-standing reputation providing GPS sports watches to some of the best athletes in the sport, including Molly Seidel, Tommy Caldwell, and Eliud Kipchoge. To find out more about Coros, head over to uk.coros.com. Welcome to episode 34 of Inside Jogging Podcast. Thanks again for downloading this week's show. Big week coming at you with news from speedy running in Valencia and some rapid indoor action from Manchester. There's also plenty of cross-country results that I've got to, you know, trace my way through. It's probably harder than running across countries is compiling cross-country races um, results. Anyway, we've got the usual segments. We talk through our running weeks, answer some list of questions. Hopefully, Klaus has got some Western's wise words for us. Um, we'll go to Strava leaderboard. Maybe bring back a few old segments too. Who knows? Um, you might need to find out what you've found on a run this week, Matt. That's a good old segment from the days. Sure, you've got something. Get thinking. Um, in a week that's seen Marathon Talk call it a day, I want to start the show um, in homage. I think that's how you say the word. I'm going to go with it. Um, to the original podcast fathers, Martin Yelling and Tom Williams. Um, thank them for keeping me company on hours of runs over the last 10 years, but it got me thinking, um, if we can keep going for a similar time, what do you think you will be doing in 10 years time, boys? I'm pretty sure Matt will be doing 10 by three minutes down Pant Lane. Um, what else are you going to be up to in 10 years, Matt? Um, 10 years time. Wow, that's a long time, isn't it? I'll be 42. Um, quick master. Um, I, I don't know, actually. You don't know. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. Probably 10 by three minutes on part nine. I actually had a little intro for you, but I forgot to say it. Um, I put the man who, despite struggling with Excel, was excelling in life. Um, so do you want to talk listeners through your Excel problems this week? Well, <clears throat> I mean, listen, right. I'd say all the listeners who listen to our podcast always have questions about Excel. Luckily for me, I have two people who are fairly good at it. So um, Aaron, did you did help me last week, to be fair, with pivot tables. Literally blow my mind. Good. Glad to help, mate. Um, yeah, same question to my other co-host. Um, this is actually his intro from last week. I forgot to say it. it was a good one. He's still over in Flagstaff, and I understand he's the number one match person in Arizona on Tinder, who is British, blonde, weighs under 60 kg, and has a marathon PB of 217. So hopefully his Wi-Fi has improved this week. How are you doing, Josh Lund? One thing on that, Aaron, I don't have blonde hair at the minute. Yeah, it's pretty poor. Yeah, um, I've, deb- I've been debating re-dyeing it, but... It's lacking sure. a bit, isn't it? Yeah, my, my hairline is gradually going further and further back. But that's probably, probably in 10 years' time, that's probably what's going to happen. I won't have any hair. Be bald. Um, yeah, exactly. Are you going to go for a full shaven head? I, do you know what? I don't like it. When people's hairline goes so far back and they just have sides, it looks like Can't a horseshoe. Just, Can't just, do it. Just accept it. Just Which, shave no. it off. Transplant. Yeah, Transplant, or yeah. all that. 
Yeah. We're not we're not all doing as well as you, Matt. I think I'll just shave it. Transplant, hundred percent. You say we're not, we're not doing all as well as Matt, but he's sat in his spare room with a beanie hat on, so he's, he's obviously not paying <laughs> the heating bills, is he? <laughs> Mate, the radiators are on full full blast now. Why have you been, are you in the same place? Hey, you've moved rooms since I last looked. You were I'm in doing... I'm in I'm in my office, but um I've had a hat on all day, so my hair's pretty flat, so I just sort of chuck it back on. Uh, Got to look to, my best. You don't have to look good for me, mate. Um, Josh, I, you've been struggling sleeping this week. Has it sorted itself out yet? Yeah, I start, so I started last weekend taking some melatonin. Um, quite a few people here sort of recommended. And that worked for a few days until um, Friday evening, where I woke up about two o'clock and couldn't get back to sleep. So I took two last night and I felt like I'd taken a horse tranquilizer. So that, yeah, seems to knock me out. How many times have you taken horse tranquilizers? <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking this. certainly not taking it anymore. Um, anyway, you can kick us off this week because um, knowing you as I do, you've done plenty of running without me even looking. So take us through, yeah, take us back sure. to Monday, mate. Cool. Right, so Monday morning, uh, 10 miles, 6.59s. Um, quite a big group for us actually it's quite funny sometimes here if you if there's a big group within about three minutes that groups say there's 20 people deteriorated into about six groups so that kind of happened um, so yeah that was good uh, um, then in the evening I did six miles six, uh, seven or eights um, nothing really oh I uh, did some drills and strides as well so I think you did some you did some strides, didn't you, Aaron? Or did did some drills, so that's one up you. I didn't do drills, I did um, strides, mate. Okay, I was going to say, I know you did one or the other. Um, so yeah, that was Monday evening. Drills then as well. Tuesday morning. <laughs> I'm trying. How do you feel like uh, when so you Tuesday drills? Morning. Do you feel like you're proper pro? I feel lazy if I don't do them more so. If I think, oh, I'm going to do drills tonight, and they're like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm just like, oh, why not? What's going through your mind when you do drills? How inflexible I am. (laughs) (laughs) The lack of mobility. (laughs) Is it inflexible or unflexible? I I don't know. I always struggle with that one. Yeah. There was another one. I I can't remember. There's another one I had this week. And I definitely. Is it. If you're lacking description, what would you say that is? Mm. In or un? Undescriptive. Undescriptive or in. Yeah, I don't know. I think I got it wrong anyway. Anyway, side tangent. Um, Tuesday morning, uh, we dropped down to Camp Verde. So that's around, it's about 900 metres. Uh, and I had a bit of a bit of a big session. So a two-mile warm-up. Um, and I kind of just went off on my own because um, it was going to be long and I was going to be the first one there and sort of last one to finish. So it was five miles steady. It was sort of 5.35 to 5.40s. Eight miles around marathon pace or the goal marathon pace, three miles steady, two miles around five minute mile in, and then two miles steady again. So in total, it was going to be 20 miles, um, and I averaged 5.22 for that. So pretty much hit the times, just the one that, and it, this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but the one mile which I was really disappointed of and kind of left me disappointed for the whole run was the 17th mile. This is the first five minute mile. Uh, it was 5.06, and it was a headwind, but I was like, oh, I couldn't hit it. But everything else is pretty much there they're about. So the, the marathon pace was kind of, it's meant to be sort of between 5.07 and 5.10. It's probably like the higher end of that. Um, is, this steady, you, so. is this why you're in such a sulk when I questioned your warm-up and cool-down? 
because on yeah. paper I saw so that on Matt, paper Matt originally paper, gave yeah you go mate you Matt originally gave me 1.5 mile warm up warm down but like 1.5 mile warm up I'm just not warmed up so I did two warm up warm down you mate listen here right <laughs> you're doing five miles steady that's your warm up as well yeah, I you guess, don't need but... much of a warm up. I, I, I mean, for you, right? Running a five thirty mile, like I'm, I'm a bit older and more knackered than you, and I can go out and run pretty much a five thirty out the gates first mile. Yeah, how, how's your Achilles been the last two weeks? Oh, he's fighting now. Oh, this is feisty. <laughs> don't know if you want What's to start with that. <laughs> but as I said to Matt, Josh. Like, I was only joking, um, and you're obviously in a sulk because you took it to heart. But, um, yeah, it's because I, I missed that five minute mile. <laughs> it's more the principle, like, if you're extending even like the warm up and the cool down, it's like everything has got to be pushed to the maximum, even like a warm up for a 20 mile run. Um, yeah, anyway, carry on with talk about your run. So, yeah, so that was a that was a unproductive morning at work because we left at. I think we left at seven o'clock. No, we must have left at seven forty-five. By the time I got back, it was like one o'clock. So it was pretty much working for the rest of the day. Um, and then I did four miles really easy in the evening. Um, hold on, hold on, eight hold tens. On. <laughs> hold on, let's not go on the eight tens yet, which I love, by the way. Um, let's just go back to the session. So, um, what was your nutrition like, um, and oh, okay. how were your hips um, on every single bend on this square? Wow, a rectangular. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, the loop is um three miles. I don't know if you're looking on Strava, you see the little sort of yeah, ex- the small rectangle. Mm. If you do that, it's exactly three miles. Um but why so did we do that on some reps? Because I works out I'd be past so tw- uh, twenty miles doesn't fit around three miles. So I was like, ah. I'll just and then I doubled back. It's not brains. <laughs> um yeah, street smart. Um, and it's marked out every 400 meters on that loop as well, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, nutrition wise, I basically just left the bottom and I, did, I didn't take a table. So I just left the bottle on the floor. So I kind of was like scooting down to grab the bottle. And wow. so it kind of like, how did you do that? What? Probably, There's no chance I'd yeah, do no that. Um, you, are you stupid? Just... Listen. No, no, no. So I was like, I'm slow right. into it, grab the bottle and then carry on. Listen here, right. You're training for a marathon, yeah? yeah, and you're doing 20 miles of a decent lick, and you're having to bend down to the floor to pick up a ball. I did slow down a bit. Have you ever tried it, Matt? I've done it on my um, cool down. Pretty, it's really pretty hard. I've done it on my cool down, and I've been running like eight and a half minute mile. I can't do it. I have to literally stop and like pick it up. I can't do it. You know I mean, what you need, mate. When you're running five minutes, my drills. Yeah. No, um, mm. I do drills <laughs> sometimes, and they're great, and I love them. But um, you need to try and like chuck it on top of a car. That's what I do. Is I mm. put it on top of my car, the drinks. So I prefer to be, yeah, like yeah. reaching further up than than further down. So um, how much you got? Quite a lot of Morton in, didn't you? Yeah, I had a liter of Morton. Pretty good. So you do break that up into yeah. I had one per lap. Yeah, I think there was one lap that I maybe didn't have one. So, How big's a bottle? Five hundred. 
Yeah, so split split one bottle into uh, six. Sorry, one bottle into three drinks, and then obviously two sachets. So you had two yeah, bottles so in one bottle. So having about eight ounces. No, 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 no. So I had six bottles. I had six bottles. That's pretty. That's quite a lot, isn't it? More than used. To I don't have gels though. Yeah, I don't oh. have gels. That, that's because I. Yeah, that's why I tried to practice it because. Sometimes it's like, oh, it gets a bit sloshy. But that was kind of the first one I've done in a while with like a lot of nutrition. So, so no, right. no gels? No gels, no. I just can't stomach the gels. Fair. It just made me sick. Um, um, so yeah, so yeah. That, that was decent. So talk us through this um, evening run then. Um, so yeah, so we went out with Holly and Molly, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, and yeah, it was pretty slow. Eight tens. That's kind of all, all there is to it, really. So... How did they? How did Molly influence you to run outside eight minute miling? Because you don't do it for anybody. So what? What power <laughs> she got of you? To be fair, I was a little bit tired. Like my quads were a bit tired, um, and I didn't know where I was going. So that was I thought fun. you said I thought you can't run over seven thirties. Mm. No, 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 it's no, uncomfortable. No, no, no. Well, it is. It is uncomfortable. I said my heart rate is not much different, and actually, when you come to uh, on that run, my heart rate was like one three two, which I could probably run a minute quicker. It wouldn't be much different. So my point still stands. So I'm do you want to give listen, to listeners a bit of um, flavour to um, to who who this Molly is? Everybody would know, surely. Well, you just said Molly. There's a couple uh, of Mollys. Oh, Cider. So, so she came third in the uh, Tokyo Marathon. You, you say everybody will Olympics. know. I think this week in our WhatsApp group, I've mentioned three names to you who are pretty, pretty <laughs> big names. And you've said to everyone, who's that? So, so what were you chatting it's about? Recent. Oh, um, Holly was doing a lot of the talking, to be honest. As you'll, yeah. as you'll hear in our interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's good for a, good for a chat. Um, yeah, just catching up, really. Like, catching up, like... <laughs> No, it's like Catch what people have been up to recently. Big friends. Yeah. <laughs> Old friends. <laughs> How's the family? How the kids? No, like what, what, uh, what people have been doing over Christmas and New Year and stuff. What you had a big story really. for your Christmas and New Year, didn't you? Yeah, all. Did you did you say <laughs> that you had a chicken and quinoa salad for your Christmas dinner? <laughs> no one did anything over New Year, so I was uh in the majority there. Fair. So yeah, that was Tuesday. So, so big day. Let's just total that. What was that total for the day? Twenty-eight. Is that your biggest day? Yeah, probably. Uh, Matt, you might might have given me similar before. That's why I was because some people are like, oh, why'd you double? I was like, well, I've done it before. It's not. Yeah, I've done. Like, yeah. you got to run. You got to run twenty-six hard in the marathon. So I think going four uh, eight minute mile in the evening is not going to kill you. Yeah, I always used to do half an hour, easy after even a long run. Uh, yeah, because like, you think right. If you if you don't do that, you're going to be so stiff in the morning. Agree. That was my logic. Yeah, as long as you're doing it um, nice and slow, which you did for once, so it's pleasing. Well done. Exactly. And then uh, in the morning, <laughs> did twelve miles. So we. He's gone. Good. Yeah, that's right. going to be the one run a week. Which, you're back, mate. Which we need to uh, go. Your, wi- your Wi-Fi so, is. Tell your housemate to get off playing video games or whatever he's playing. I think he's gone for a run, actually. If it's bad, I'll switch over to my phone in a bit. But yeah, so anyway, so 12 miles in the morning, 
six thirty threes. Um, had a bit of an elite squad there actually. So it was a big group. Uh, about two minutes. This is exactly what I meant on Monday. Two minutes in, turn around, and the groups dis- dissipated, and there was five of us. So I sort of committed, and I was like, I can't really wait. So I knew it was probably a little bit quicker than I probably wanted to. And uh, yeah, Matt, you weren't too too impressed. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> Your Be disciplined. Be disciplined. <laughs> Well, I was disciplined the first mile, and then right. I was like, oh. "Tell me this, right? Tell me this. Well, in Seville, if at ten miles, there's that one group you're in. It's a big, lovely group. Like you took ten. What if they start running four fifty fives? What do you do? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you yeah. don't go with run it. On your own. Run, run on your own. You'd be disciplined. Yeah. Um, yeah true. One one thing I will say is so you finished that 12 mile run at 167 heart rate for i did have a heart rate i did have a heart rate shot uh, i've not had it on like most of the week i've I left it in mark's car that's, that's why he's dropping off this one yeah um, tell me what it was anyway i was actually about to say i'm actually pretty impressed because <laughs> like i mean not that it's good but i'm just impressed if that was correct because like a day after a session if you could get up to threshold and be able to run easy I wouldn't know. I yeah. I get confused by you. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. My legs did feel a little bit tight near the end, like the last couple. But um, yeah, we got down to like six tens, I think, in the end of six fifteens. But anyway, yeah. Um, I I kind of knew it was gonna be uh one of them runs when I I kind of uh, finished it. So I didn't like that yeah. one. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> um, so Thursday went out and did uh. Just over ten miles, that was six forty-four average um, on the trails, and did some drills and strides. Uh, no, I just did drills after actually. I was going to do strides, but on Tuesday, I don't know if you, you know, I normally wear um, no socks with my alpha flies. I wear, I wore socks, and my toenails t- must have like touched the end of my shoe. And I've got like four or five like dead toenails now. So they were like really sore in my trainers. Um, so yeah, I didn't do strides. Um, you're laughing. I just miss strides as toenails are a bit sore. Um, <laughs> and you're, you're crediting your socks for that. Not the fact that you would just done like some massive runs. I'm pretty there's, sure... a picture, there's a picture of him on Strava looking like he's going to fly. Yeah. So, oh, that's on... not me. Yeah, but you'd have, but done, I took you'd have done those drills though. Oh, yeah. So you I was have... on the phone to Matt at the time, actually. Anyway. You talk some rubbish, you do. Uh, what were you gonna say? Where, what, how is your route? It looks different. Yeah, so th- this the meeting spot's called Mailboxes. Um, so we kind of normally do like eight miles, and then we sort of added on. Um, it was very, very muddy at the top actually because the snow's kind of melting. But otherwise, pretty nice. It's nice. The weather's been pretty nice this week. Um, nice and sunny. Uh, and then in the evening. Matt, you'll like this one as well. I went out with Pat. So Pat announced his retirement on Wednesday officially. I think he's been retired for about two months. but um, And we did four miles at 741s. Um, that was fun. So I've named that run Easy with former professional Patrick. Then I did some strides after. So I, managed to, I got back and I was like, oh, I can do my strides now. So I went out and did them. Um, 
So just a six by 20 seconds. Then in the morning, um, did so I jumped in with um, some of the Under Armour guys for this. So we did three mile warm up and then five sets of five 400s um, off a 100 jog in about 45 seconds. And then it was 230 between the sets. So average 67.4 um, for those, which was all right. I, I felt more controlled than I did probably last time. Um, started like more 68s and got down to a couple of 66s. So, um, what was so you were there with a, a quite a big group, um, and there's a few of them running Houston next week, yeah. So, yes. um, yeah. Matt Lalano, he's racing Houston. So, what was he, what was he finishing his fours in? Uh, so he actually did four sets, but yeah, we, he did the same. The, so, on the, the fifth set, it was just me and Beer. So Beer's doing Houston as well, but he dropped down to sort of 62s. So he would give me a couple of seconds and I, I was like, I don't really need to go any quicker. Um, and what's, um, what's he looking to do at Houston time-wise? Beer. Um, I, he's already mentioned the time because it's his first proper half, but I would expect him to run probably between sort of 60, 30 and 61, I guess. Good company. Yeah, then we had... Um, Matt Hughes as well, um, the Canadian steeplechaser. He was like fifth in the Olympics, but he, he's not long got here, so he just did three sets. Sensible lab, so that's these decent. guys, you could learn a thing. Yeah, I'm not doing a marathon. Let's do more. Um, so yeah, three mile one down. Um, then yeah, that was Friday. So <clears throat> Saturday, yesterday, I did uh, went down to Beaver Creek, so again a bit lower did 15 um just quite quite easy so 649s average those died pretty slow um it's quite nice i quite like that loop it's it's pretty rolling but it's um yeah it's a nice just dirt road basically one straight line turn around run back so it's pretty good uh and then this morning i just went out and did six miles at 647s um yeah nothing really else to report there how are you feeling so i felt right i actually got not non-intentionally, I got moving on the last couple of miles, I think. Um, so what was my last mile, like six seventeen. It's a little bit downhill, but so you not got any? Yeah, I feel alright. I felt no a bit niggles. tired and no, no, no. The only niggle I have is my toenails, but yeah, I get over that. I mean, do you know what? I I've been trying to find a safety pin. The nearest I've come to it is a, you know those things you get a SIM card out of your phone. Yeah, pad one of them. So I've been popping my blisters into my nails with that. Mate, it's not sharp enough. Oh, you push hard enough, it'll pop. Safety pin. Yeah, we can't find them. Can't find any. Nobody has safety pins. Well, not in this flat. I thought Mate, you'd go to the shop. Yeah, I could do that. You, well, you, I found what, my, you... my SIM card installer's fine. Mate, you're, 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 in a, you're... you're in a house of, of athletes and you run with athletes every day. Surely one of them has a safe. I mean, I've got about seven pots like around my desk here full of safety pins. Mate, why are you starving yourself with a blunt instrument? That's what I want to know. I used to, I used to sell needles, and I'm you need a lancet cut needle. All right. Yeah, probably sterilized as well as probably. Yeah. Pop, pop your, pop your blisters like a professional, please. <laughs> yeah, it's um a bit horrible. Though. You know when you pop them and like just blood comes out. Oh, it's the best, isn't it? I, tell I, you what, I, oh, love, I love it. I love it when you get them underneath. This is probably gross to most people out, but when you get them under your nail. And it's mm-hmm. like pressure, pure pressure. I had to do it. I had to That's what they in. are. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, um, it. that's exactly And right. add like four or five of them. As soon as, you, as soon as you pop them, the relief is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so um, that's my week. So 107. Uh, yeah, that's it, really. Good man. How, how does that sit with you? I've kind of given up now, Matt. I would have done... Oh, God, my laptop's a bit boring. Um, I, I basically double every day you tell me I can't. And No, I double every day until you tell me I can't. <laughs> Let the cat out of the bag here, Matt. So if I so if I, if I I said to you not to do five miles today, which you've obviously done one more mile than I said, would you have done to ground up to 110? Oh, yeah, 110. Thought <laughs> Right. No, so Josh, Houston, Houston half next week. Start list yeah. has been announced. Josh Lunn, proper up the rear on that start list. Um, I mean, it's a bit, a bit of a joke that you managed couple, to get onto the pro couple start Couple of debutants. But um, I'm surprised yours didn't say <laughs> debut. Um, what, what are you, what's the plan? Um, yeah, I probably need to speak to Matt a bit more. I think we kind of roughly said 64 minute pace. Um, sort of see how it goes I was kind of looking at the marathon field and there's a couple of guys who run like 2-7 um, you got off together then so yeah okay. I, I, I oh, was talking to Matt Leeds and he said you could actually when he ran 62-50 he sat with them for the first like 5 or 6 miles just sat in the back of the the marathon league yeah group. because so that could be, be an option because what's better about that is they all should go off reasonably sensibly and Sen- sort of run sensibly. controlled rather than yeah surges nobody's going to hopefully surge in the first 10 miles exactly. of a marathon so is there any fast marathon runners though doing it the, yeah the fastest guy i think is run 2550 oh wow okay yeah but is there is there a couple of guys that are looking to run like you say two six. two seven two yeah, eight there's a quite a few there's a quite a few around two six with pbs are two six at least yeah good cool um yeah what sort of pace is a uh, 64, 450, is it? 455? Uh, I think it's 452. Maybe and 453, something like that. Yeah, so 30-minute pace is what, 63? Right, is it? 6330. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good luck with it. Um, I might just go into my week quickly because it's fairly, well, quick and we don't have to end on a, a negative for once. We can get that out of the way in the middle. So my week started Monday like everybody else. Um, it starts 11, the week. 11 o'clock. Um, oh, it's bank holiday, wasn't it? That's why I wasn't Skyping. So I go out for an hour with Ruth. Um, nice and easy, but heart rate wasn't great. Um, felt average. Um, and yeah, that was about all to report on that, really. We discussed about um, doing some interviews. I was trying to get her to do some interviews for me, but she bailed on me again, so I have to do the Holly one alone. Um, evening, I doubled for Josh. 40 with strides, lots of laps of the estate. It was cold. It was dark. It wasn't great, but I thought, do you know what? I'm going to push through, get a double in. Mate, you, I, was, I, I was looking at this and thinking, he's back. He's back here. Yeah, but what? Fired up. I was. So you can see now, I do actually want to run. It just doesn't transpire that way. But I did listen on that on that run to Inside Running Podcast. Christian from Norway. What a guy. He's got to come oh, on our are. show. 
That was a, that was a great episode. He rinsed some people, some of those boys. Um, but yeah, some good good insight into the Ingrabitson training. Funny enough, I'd actually spoke to Josh last week and said we need to get Christian on our show, and then Brady obviously had the same idea, so stole it from me. Um, so Monday, yeah, I just, what's that? Five point eight miles, seven eighteens plus a you know a good fourteen mile day on on Monday. Um, so Tuesday, Tuesday was also, um, I think pretty cold, but I got changed to go for my run three times on Tuesday, stepped outside the door twice. And the only word that describes how I felt is pure exhaustion. Um, I have no idea how I felt. So I, I had three naps in the day and I slept 10 hours that night. So, yeah, it must. Do you think? Um, do you think doing an an eight and a five may have some reason for why you felt tired with strides? Possibly, it's not that much though, is it? Compared, you know, it's not something. It's, it's a lot compared to what you're doing right now. Yeah, I guess it's relative, isn't it? Yeah, I, I see that, but I I don't think it would cause you to need three naps in the day and <laughs> no. not, not be able to walk up the stairs. Um, so, yeah, Tuesday, right off. Wednesday morning, got out, felt really good. So I didn't look at my watch at all on this run. Easy 35, five miles, 706s. Um, I think the heart rate was reasonable. I haven't really looked at it, but I'm sure it was like 140 average, maybe something like that. Something on those lines. So that was good. And the plan on Wednesday was to do a session so I planned to go out at nine-ish and then do my session at sort of half three, sort of four-ish maybe in the afternoon. But Jenny, Jenny's working again on down near London and they have to have COVID tests. Um, but they can't get COVID tests from anywhere. They have to get them from a specific place and she has to drive down, she had to drive down to London. So a three-hour round trip to get a COVID test. So she had to leave at, at three o'clock from our house in the afternoon. So I had Eliza. So I had to get my session done before three. So I have I think in between my morning run and warming up for my session, I probably had three hours recovery. So Josh lunged it. I thought if Josh could do it, I can do it. I ran, I did my warm up down to the cricket pitch. I ran from home. It's downhill. And I, I remember looking at my watch, glancing at it as I go down the hill. I had like, I had quite a lot of clothes on and my bag on. And my heart rate was at 150. So like what I used to be able to run for like 545, six minute miling. And I was downhill jogging. So I thought this is a good sign. Anyway, I did 10 by three minutes alternating between 10K heart rate and threshold heart rate and just ran to heart rate and got it done. If I, it was, I think it was pretty slow. Who knows? The GPS is all over the place, but got the session done. Gramson wasn't happy, but ignored him then i did two mile cool down got picked up and went home so another like bad session i do think on that i do think on that loop sometimes actually it's not bad to not know how fast you're running yeah if i it's more the sensation of you know the i did the threshold type reps i think i you know when we float josh mm-hmm. i don't even think i was running that pace of a float it's the way my legs were moving but anyway who cares um, 
So I was pretty happy with Wednesday. Thought, right, you know, got something done. Can move on, move on Thursday. So again, Thursday, I felt pretty tired. So I waited till lunchtime. I thought, I'll go out and do an hour. Stepped outside the door. It started snowing. I thought, this could be a lovely run, this is. And I got 10 minutes in. I wanted to give up. I made it to 35 minutes. So I got five miles in. But I think I texted you, Claz. My heart rate was terrible. So I said, yeah, I'm just going to jog for a few days. Um, so that's Thursday, five miles. Friday, I did. You know one, sec- one second. On. One thing I do, I, I've realised since I've been there. I feel like I'm missing out when you two just text each other. I put it because well, I actually phoned me. We were speaking about Excel or something. Precisely. He would phone me normally. Yeah, but he's found someone better. To be fair, to be fair, Josh, mate, I I was impressed with these pivot tables. <laughs> it did blow my mind, to be honest. <laughs> right. Listen, I never thought when I got into sales I'd be doing bloody pivot tables, but here we are. So Friday. I, I was scarred from that run on Thursday and I thought I'm going to leave this as late as possible with the light. So I got out. The good thing is the light's staying on a bit longer, boys. We're getting to four foot. Well, you've got more light in Flagstaff, but we're getting a bit more light here. It's about 4.30. It's good. Um, maybe quarter to five. So I went out at 3.45 and I was just going to do 45 minutes, maybe 35, but I felt good. So did nearly 55 minutes, seven and a half miles, seven tens. Heart rate, good. Said to Clousey, back. And I even said to you, I think I said to you as well, Josh, on Saturday morning, I'm going to do two by, I'm going to do nine, 10 miles Saturday morning, nine, 10 miles Sunday morning. Well, that went wrong, didn't it? Saturday, no run. <laughs> Again, it's same as, literally the same as Tuesday. I was just, exa- I even, so Jenny's been at work um, Wednesday to Saturday. So, there may be a sleep thing too, because I've had to, Eliza still wakes up sometimes at like five o'clock for a feed. And the problem with waking up at five o'clock for a feed is I've already slept for about six and a half hours. So a feeder tried to go back to sleep and can't. So I just wake up. Um, so I'm just tired. And um, so Saturday morning, I, t- I asked Jenny's mum to come around and look after Eliza while I went for a run. Ended up just sitting in the house all day while Jenny's mum looked after Eliza and tidied my house. So felt a bit bad, but got some got her to do some work. That was good. Um, Ipswich won four 0 so that brightened my day. But no run. Um, so that's this morning. It gets me to this morning. I thought, well, let's try an hour, forty-five minutes, see how things go. Started running out on the. I was going to do a big loop, and yeah, heart rate. High. it's not just the heart rate gets high it's also like my quads feel dead get like a bit of a headache tight chest long COVID you know what, do you know what I think I don't think it's that I reckon if you went out and went for a run and just didn't look at your heart rate or anything like that and just went off feel you just got to do it cause... I did I did that's what I did this morning so I got to um, near that turnaround so about 20 minutes in and was hanging um and that's when yes yeah, so kilometer five roughly that's when, <laughs> to be fair that's the highest heart rate average of the whole run it's 150 
I glanced at the watch thinking, well, hopefully it just says like one thirties, but it was like one five five. Um, Why didn't you run slower? Yeah, well, that's my other. Thing. That's what I'm going to start doing next week. To be fair, I, I actually when I run it, this sort of seven. It's when I run on my own. When I run on my own, I seem to run a bit quicker, and that's. So anyway, I'm going to start next week at just jogging, just jogging that. As you'll be pleased here. I mean, it's not. It's not. You've not had a. a disease. I know you've you've tired to what you've tired to it, but you've not had a a nightmare week. You still managed to get a good session in middle of the week for the couple of runs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not as you say. It's not not horrendous, and it's much better than I was in the end of the summer. Um, the only issue being is we're twelve weeks now out from Manchester, so kind of i'd want to usually i'd start building some longer runs like even doing i don't know probably by now i'd done a two hour run but not even hard just two hours say i can't even get to an hour at the moment so that's where it starts to mate i've only just got to two hours now and yeah, i've got five weeks you ran 28 minutes mate a bit of a difference but i'm but that's what i'm saying is like it's it's all relative like it's not you've still got plenty of that. That's still loads of time. Yeah. But I did speak to, um, a good marathon from, from the past who said, um, probably whatever you're planning on, just make sure you have a, another plan for X amount of weeks afterwards, just because, yeah, just, you've got to listen to your body, I suppose, haven't you? and just ease back into like, again, a bit like Josh, I've, well, I'm not as bad as Josh, but I'm kind of all in. Like, if I put something on paper, I want to be able to go out and do it. So I showed Josh what I put in my plan for last week, which was stupid, I know. But I only hit half of it this week. So it just, yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's all I've got to say in my week. 50 miles, one session, it's bad heart rate, but... I'll be back one day. I've bought a treadmill. That's what I've also done. Bought a treadmill. Which one? Noble Pro. Which one? How much does that set you back? Don't you worry about that, mate. <laughs> you got to offset this tax somehow. He's um, an ambassador. I'm not an ambassador. No, paid for out of my own money. Um, my money or Jenny's money. Same thing, isn't it? Um. Me and so, Josh need uh, treadmills, so Noble Pro, if you do listen to this podcast, uh, we'd love to be ambassadors. Don't you, I've, I've been trying, I've been working on a few things. This isn't their, we're sponsored by Chorus this week, give them a shout instead. Oh, absolutely, yeah, well, when I get it and I'll test it out, I'm sure it'll be yeah. fantastic. Right, Klausy, let's go to your week, mate. All right, so I will also start with a Monday. Good. Um, so Monday morning, I did... You're delaying there. That's you just scrolling back in the week. No, I'm um, I, I'm not delaying at all. So <laughs> Sunday, after Sunday... Um, is Monday. Is a Monday. <laughs> but the Sunday, I was I was a bit sore. Um, so I managed to get out. Um, I think I went out of Western on the Monday. Yes, I did. Um, had some very interesting chats. Very good chats. Um, so I got 11 miles in. 
I was pretty happy actually because um, the last time I did a longer session, the day after my Achilles was no good, and I had to pretty much like take a day off. So I was a bit sort of unsure whether it would uh, whether it would hold up, and it did. So I was happy with that. So eleven miles, seven twenty eight. Ask weights. Ask you a question about that. So when you're doing these runs, you often run slow, so seven thirties, um, or slow relative to you. How easy does that feel for you? Oh, easy, yeah. But you are you just you're just going off a of feel. You're just running. Is that just a natural pace for you? That's what I'm trying to say. It's it's quite hard for me. I find it quite hard to run that sort of seven. Oh, I I mean I um that's quite fast for me after a day after after a session because sometimes I'll get up to seven fifty. But do you not have um, to. Like what if I'm doing a shakeout for a race, say, and I run eight minute miling, I kind of have to shuffle to make it eight minute miling, sort of really focus on running slow. But it obviously just comes naturally to you to run. Well, listen, it's one of them, isn't it? Like at the end of the day, what what is the, the, the main purpose of the run? I know I get it. Session? I get it. I'd rather Josh, it. Josh is still trying to figure this one out, but it is actually to recover. Um, but no, generally it's not too bad at all, actually. And I did get a, a happy new year from Robert Burns. So thank you, sir. Is it wishing me the all guy the best. who like is like new year in Scotland or something? Um, I'm Must not sure, up. but he, he, he loves an oat cake, um, from a Staffordshire oat cake. Old Rob does. So Robert, that was Robert Burns day, Tuesday, 25th Jan. So Tuesday, 25th of January, remember to. Wish him a happy Robert Burns Day. Okay, there we are. We'll do. Make sure I put I'll put that into my calendar right now. So that was Monday. Uh, Tuesday, um, that was just a one run. Tuesday was ten miles again. Oh, look at this, seven twenty-eight. You boys will be pleased. How did you get um, so many comments off this? Oh, how early it was. Uh, was it an early one? Was it? Oh yeah, five thirty-seven. No, the, yeah. the reason Matt has so many comments is because if one person replies, he can't reply in one comment. He'll reply in six comments. <laughs> That's no, why. Well, no, Josh, I wake called... up. No, go on. Go on. I was going to say, I wake up and I've got 15 emails from Strava. It's because Matt Clouds has, met, has commented on a run. <laughs> oh, do they, um, do they go in your emails, do they? I'll make sure I do yeah, a few every... more. <laughs> um, no, what it is, Josh, right, is... Um, People take time out of their day to put a little comment, just an encouragement. And I like to thank everybody, all right? He's a good man, isn't he? So I do, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm the man of the people here. Isn't, look at this, Christian's giving you some lip here, Josh, about your Christmas party. Uh, yeah, he is. He doesn't, like people, Christian. he doesn't like people in Liverpool either, by the sounds of it. <laughs> You, you oh, was... I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He did a laughing sort of. Yeah, but the face. That's basically Josh hasn't I read it. Yeah, no. I don't think I understood what he meant. So just just laugh. laugh. Yeah. So if Josh, if, if anyone comments on Josh's Strava or anything in, in on his social media feed, he is literally just—he's not read it. If I so reply properly. But yeah, if I reply like that, it's... Uh, Can you start making an effort, please? Sorry, mate. Right, thank you. All right, so that was Tuesday. Um, I'll move through to Wednesday. Oh, Monday, tell you what, I brought a cross-trainer. 
Uh, that'll that'll come into play actually uh, towards fun. the end of the week. It's a Schwim 570e, um, and it's all it's already broken. So um, I'll talk about that in a bit. So um, so Wednesday was another 11 miles at 653. Um, the lad is getting into shape. Um, nothing to report on that one actually. Pretty straightforward. Um, so Thursday. Oh, Thursday. So I've been a bit of a keen bean here. So I've got a few hours. I managed to take out a few hours of um, work on session days just for these next sort of three or four weeks just to get a session in the light because around here it's um, it's a bit crap for any sessions in the dark. There's nowhere to go. So I was like, right, really organised. I wasn't in work till half ten, so I had a bit of time. So um, went to the Wrexham track. Um, didn't open till nine, so obviously uh, warmed up beforehand. Waited for the for the track to open. Um, I was I was all keen, ready to go. I got on the track, literally like an ice rink. After four hundred meters, I was like, I was call it a day. So um, I wasn't defeated. I um, I went back in the evening. So. What I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and do a couple of track sessions in this build because I didn't do it before Berlin, but before Valencia, I did quite a few track sessions. And it really helped. So, um, I mean, did, didn't necessarily help too much with the marathon, but I could tell I was getting fit from it. So the session itself was um, in and out uh, Ks. So um, the weather was pretty atrocious it was windy rainy but it was mild so it wasn't too bad um so the idea was to run around 255 256 um ish for the ons and then the floats are, i think the floats are about 312 313 to be honest um so i managed to get it in because um they had like club night there and i had to I had to get off and don't just hate it when there's a club night you're on your own and everyone's like it's like looking at you like what are you doing get off like you need to get off um yeah and you almost don't want to finish the session yeah i know it's like daggers in it so um i said to the old geezer there he's love love the chap um see him a few times and i was just like i'll be done just after um after six so it was all right um but the plan was to get 15 in but the weather just turned really bad and I was like you know what 14 is enough um Achilles managed to hold off as well which I was happy about what did you do 256 312s ish yeah so yeah it was good um wasn't uh I, I felt like the the pace for the fast ones I could kind of hold that and then the floats like to be honest it was more of I was more looking at like three minutes and three twenties for the floats and three minutes for the arms but yeah the floats just came so so easy um so yeah overall it was decent um average just under five minute mile and for that so that was good so a couple of things talk us through this picture of yourself well you know I just thought I'd give the listeners and the my followers just some content I did, I did actually, um, so Saw have a, shout out to Saw, um, they have a tempo top and it's, it's a beautiful garment. Um, Save these these reviews for February, mate. 
if you're on the market for a, a tempo top, uh, saw is the place to be. So they have a full zip, and I had my I had like half a zip down, I had the chest out, you know, but, felt like a bit of a bit of a warrior out there. I was going to take a picture of that. You can't see that in the picture. I can look at all I can see. No, is no, oh, I was going to put that. What one are you up. eating? I don't know. It's my glove. So. Um, <laughs> Basically, what happened is um, I was uh, I was erecting my cross trainer um, before I went to the track, and I um, I actually uh, cut my finger. So my finger didn't stop bleeding the whole whole session. So I had to kind of try and dry it out. So I was just holding the glove because obviously I couldn't hold the glove with the the bleeding finger. So so there uh, we are. Anyway, second of all. Steve, Steve's um big fan, big fan from Lincoln is Steve, Steve John, um, and I saw that Bowser. Do you want to say his name one more time? Big Steve, Steve John, big Steve, shout out Steve. Um, but yeah, Bowser's still lurking around your Strava by the looks of it. What, yeah, he just, he just wants in, doesn't he? Obviously, I've just clicked on his thing. I don't follow him back. I think he wants me to <laughs> wants me to get involved. Um, we'll come to him but, later. Uh, he gets a shout was... out for for results today. Yeah, no, um, no, thanks for that, Steve. John, uh, good lad, Steve is. Um, so that was so that was um, that was Thursday. Yeah, the um, the Achilles actually was okay, which I was, I was really happy about. Um, so then Friday, that brings me up to my super duper plan of action um, to get my body um, back into working order. So. The days after the sessions now, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do uh, cross training, so elliptical in, um, just to give the Achilles a bit more time off. Um, so I did 50 minutes. No, I don't know. I don't know why it says 50. I did 45 minutes um, in the morning. I was watching The Gentleman on Netflix. Um, it's pretty good actually. Um, and then I did another elliptical session in the evening. Um, so just half an hour, uh, just kind of keeping it at recovery heart rate for both them two, both them two sessions. So yeah, so um, I did them two elliptical sessions on the Friday, and um, yeah, so the the, the cross training itself, I think it's a bit faulty. So I've got to, I've got to actually um, get it looked at. But it it it, it works. It just it's just a bit bangy. So that was Friday. Um, Saturday was um, 11 miles of the Big Western, uh, 701 pace plus hills. And then that brings us to today's session, which was uh, quite a meaty one, actually. Um, so um, the plan was to actually do a, a, a bit of a different session than I actually did in the end. But um, the Achilles was flaring up about halfway through, so I had to adjust it. So... Um, the session was 22 miles in total and kind of wanted to just float uh, with a few um, tempos, sort of marathon effort tempos in the session. So um, what I did was um, two miles steady. It's quite a long one, really. Two miles steady and then a four mile tempo. The same again was two mile steady, two mile tempo. And then what I was going to do then was the same again. Um, but my Achilles was getting sore after about um, half, no, about 30 miles. 
so I had to change it just to, just to kind of um, change the stimulus a bit. So I just did a one-mile tempo, uh, two-mile steady. That was actually supposed to be a three-mile tempo. Um, and I, I went down to the, the bottom loop, and it was so icy and uh, full of black ice. So I, I came back up and went back on the, old, uh, on the normal loop I do. Um, one mile tempo and then a one mile steady at the end. So overall, yeah, average 5.15. The floats, the steadies were supposed to be about 5.30-ish. And, and again, the tempos are supposed to be sort of marathon effort. I think you've labelled one of your reps wrong on your Strava. should be free tempo. I'll let you do that later, mate. Give you some homework. Yeah, you're right. Um, so... That's what. So yeah. So what did I do? I did. I got three gels. So that's eleven tempo, eleven steady. I've got. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was quite good actually. Had a bit of a crew out there. Not 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 that the crew was like with me, but um, there's a few people out there. Dan was out there, and a few other boys, uh, which was good. So uh, nice to see a few people. Out there actually instead of just me and cows and sheep and goats by what i've put on my strava good god i tell you what i thought chicken shit stung i tell you it's wet wet goats or goats in general stinking like it was like i was choking on it it, it was horrendous so there must be like a couple of goats in a farm which i go past every time on a small loop um, not on the little square loop on here, the, the, the three and a half mile loop or whatever it is. And um, it, it, I was choking at the smell. It was disgusting. Not sure what I've just missed, but I've just come back at a very interesting point. Talking about goats, um, not goats, you. mate. Not just you. Ma- Matt cho- choking on stuff. Yeah, I was choking on the smell of wet goats. Well, I don't even know if they were wet goats, but they were stinking goats. Um, anyway, I got it in. Um, the Achilles was okay. Um, so I'll cross train tomorrow. So hopefully I'll give it a bit more time and I've got shockwave again on, on Tuesday. So that'll hopefully sort it out. But I was happy with that. Um, heart rate was okay, actually. Wasn't too bad at all. Um, That's a very, very solid session, mate. 20, what'd you say you did? 22? 22. Um, five 15s, which is two... 17 flat pace roughly um so yeah i went through the half in um just outside no, i think it's about 67 50 something like that well yeah 68 probably around there probably 67. yeah but yeah it was all right uh not too bad um i just like you say I just i just want this achilles to settle um and i've got a race next week so what race is this, Matthew? This is Halsby. It's in Halsby, which is like 20 minutes from me. Um, it's a uh, half marathon. So I the free, the free villages one, or whatever it's called. It's uh, add, add one more village, and that's what it is. Four villages. <laughs> Four villages, yeah. It's the one. So I'm going to do that next week. Uh, I don't know who's going to be down for it, but uh, I know um, Michael Callenberg's down. So Big Mike. Big Mike's down. He loves a half. I think he's the reigning champ. So, um, yeah, I'll probably do that at Marathon Effort. Um, I'll probably do a little, a little something before. 
Cool. But yeah, overall, not too bad. 80 odd miles, which to be honest, I won't go much more than that because the body just can't do it. So at the moment, but um, as long as I can supplement it with a bit of cross training, then all is good. How many weeks have we got to Seville now? So we've got it's six seven, to race day. It was only six. Yeah. Come on quick. So it's yeah. another four weeks of training, hard training, and then we'll start tapering. Yeah. I might um might come have a holiday and watch you boys. See if I can get that on our um expenses. But yeah. Um, right, should we go strap a leaderboard? The man is Strap back. Open. The man is back. Connor Dillon wins again. He's had a break. He's had a break in his back. Um, so Connor tops, and I think Sally's also back for the for the women. She's done another hundred mile week. So after a week off, she's come back strong. Um, anything you've noticed, Josh, other than your only third? Uh, I was just browsing Jake Smith. Ninety-two miles, six oh nines quick on it yeah a bit low for him has he been racing uh it, it looked like he'd done quite a bit of cross training but yeah um Gal listen West- here lads listen here listen here hold on before we go any further um i reckon his workout must be about a thousand a week on strava <laughs> have you seen his last one for uh, his gym i think I'm look at that i think you could you could put the, put the kettle on sit yourself down with a brew and you could like just read that thing as like a, a chapter of a book. Yeah. Well, he's he's got his YouTube channel now, so we're gonna have to get onto that because he's got more subscribers in one week than we've got in thirty-four weeks. So might have to um use his his power to get our show out there. Um, I've just done a couple of clicks on this leaderboard, Matt. You know, like this average pace, top to bottom. Clouds are you in seventh. Carl Wellborn is top of the week. He's done one run at 3.1 miles at 5.03 average. Good week, Carl. Good. Um, <laughs> great week, Carl. And elevation gain, Mark Horseman, 61 miles, 12,000 feet. So I looked at this and I looked at it slightly more detail because I thought some of the runs I've been doing are reasonably hilly and he runs around Cardiff a lot. His, I looked, the loops he, he does are very flat. So I think it's his watch. Oh, Mark, Mark, Mark. Got to get one of these choruses, mate. Exactly. More accurate. Get me up for that. Um, Cool. Weston's wise words. Anything this week from from the man, Daniel? Yes. Um, Is he a a Dan or a Daniel? Um, He's he's, he's everything. Anything we want him to be. Um, So we've got one this week. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, it's quite an interesting one. Um, and I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for it. So it's um, the um, Fib Fib Fibionacci, Fibionacci number sequence Fibonacci Fibonacci. Okay, there we go. So already say Siddle. Um, Fibonacci uh, is he, he's even put the pronunciation of it down below and I didn't see that sorry Dan uh, Fibonacci number sequence also known as pi phi I don't know or the golden ratio pops up everywhere without being noticed 
<laughs> in science, nature, politics, religion, art, and behind the sofa. Um, so what is this sequence? You see how I didn't say Fibonacci. Um, so the Fibonacci sequence is a series of numbers. So zero, one, one, two, no, zero, one, two, three, zero, one, two, three, five, eight, three, one, thirty-four. The next, if you take any number and divide it by the number before, you always get one point six one eight. All right, still with me? As a runner, do you recognise that number, the one point six one eight? One point one. No. Mile. No. No, miles one point six zero nine, isn't it? It's the near conversion rate for the miles to kilometers. So, if you want to convert miles to kilometers, quickly take any number from the Fibonacci sequence. Take that as miles, and then and then the next number, the sum of the last two numbers, will be equivalent to the kilometer. Oh, okay, I guess if you round. So there you go. There you go. So there you go. So um, thanks, Dan, again. I've completely butchered that one um, by not even pronouncing Fibonacci, right? Can you... I think that's what, that's what makes it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say his name as you did at the start again, please? I thought you were reading some, like, Korean or something, the way you were... What? Fab... <laughs> I can't remember what I said. I've got Fibonacci in my brain now, so it's, it's over. over right. it's <laughs> so, yeah, so there you go. So thanks, uh, thanks Dan, for another Western's wise words there. Good. Well, we'll go straight into Patreon. Thanks, um, Patreon listeners. Um, yeah, I'm hoping again to to get a new series of training talk out next week. So we'll cross our fingers that I get that done. Um, hopefully, Matt's still here because he's about to read. I was about to say, here's an easier one for you to read out, Matt. Yeah, I'm here. I've just got the form up, so. Oh, okay. Don't cool. worry about it. So, yeah, hopefully an easy one for you to read. You can kick us off with our first Patreon of the week. All right. So um, my uh, Google Docs has all sort of uh, gone crazy, but I can see half of it. Um, so I tell you what, uh, Aaron, can you um, can you do yours first? And then can either you boys send me the form again? So I've got it on I'll my just, phone. I'll just um, copy and paste it into... No, I can't. Josh, copy and paste it into the chat. I was about to copy and paste from my desktop onto my Mac, which isn't connected to my desktop, so that doesn't work. Right, I'll go first. Phil Martin, big man from Peterborough, 5Ks, 15, 5Ks, 1523, 10K, 32.46, half, 68.23, and a marathon, 2.24 from Cheshire in the spring. Um, well, wherever it was, Wrexham, Cheshire. Cheshire, Cheshire Elite, wasn't it? Cheshire Elite. Um yeah, quite a lot of those PBs from last year. Anyway, Phil is an owner of multiple dogs, and he's also the big dog from Peterborough. If you know know him, Josh would agree. Um, he's yeah. getting married. He's getting married this summer. Somehow, he's found a woman who's willing to accept. Except he has like a lot of fans at Parkrun every week. Let's just say that um, he's got yeah women throwing themselves at him at Parkrun. He's a big fan of Cambridge United. Oh, no, no, that's wrong. Peterborough, Peterborough United. Um, same thing, isn't it? And he enjoys multiple laps of Teardrop Lake and he's quiz master at his local pub. Josh, who you got? So I've got Jay um, Falaise. I think that's how you say his surname. 
Um, so he's from just outside Northampton. He's got 5K PB, 15.59, 10K, 33.42, half of 74.39, and the marathon of 2.40.33. So separate shout out to him as well, because he actually, um, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story, he sent me uh, a couple of packs of tea bags this week, so very much appreciated. Um, so interesting fact about him, he might have two children called Dawes and Portia, and he's doing Seville half at the end of January, so... I don't know if you realised uh, we he should be entering the full in February, but yeah, it's very good. It's Thanks for your support, it, mate. He's now got a good coach. Um, I don't know if it's on anywhere, but but yeah. Hey Jay, I like tea. He'll send you stuff, mate. <laughs> you can, you can go to the shops, man, and buy tea bags. So. I'll t- I'll text him later and get him to um get him to sort some of the boys out. But but yeah, Jay's do- Jay's doing um Seville half and then. Yeah, marathon at some point later this year, and we can definitely knock plenty of time off that two forty sub two thirty for Jay. You heard it here first. Exclusive. Um, who you got? All right, I've got it. I've got the main man here, Brady. Brady Trafal. Um, so from Moama, Australia, the man, the myth, the legend. PBs fourteen oh nine. 2934, 6663, and the 21953. What do we think about when we see them? Time, so we go, boys. Should we go into it's, like, it's got to get that marathon down, hasn't he? It's got to get the marathon down. Yeah. His, his five and ten is very strong, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically the same as Aaron's, is it not? Uh, yeah, but his five oh, no, is, no, not the, his, not the 10K. His 15 is five, identical, I think. Um, and then... Yeah, my half's a little bit better and his 10K's a little bit better than mine, but he can run 216, 215. He can. Right. Um, yeah. I think his training was good this year. Just, it's not easy, I suppose, in, in Melbourne to, to run a quick marathon in the heat. Anyway, what you got yeah. about So, um, interesting fact for Brady, hosting an average copycat podcast of ours over in Australia. Nice one. Um, called Inside Running Podcast has two kids uh, I love a little beard oh yes he does uh, races he's a good he's a good looking chap isn't he Brady yeah um, right. better than race, better looking than this house yes yeah uh, got a good tan on him as well um, races over cross country for the Bendigo Bats and has the most Aussie yeah he does most Aussie accent going in truth, um, as Christian from Norway said on the on the show last week, we probably wouldn't exist without him. Uh, so go listen to the episode 26 again, where he chats to us at length about his podcast experience. So Brady, thank you, sir. We really appreciate what you do over there. Uh, and we really appreciate you. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to all the patrons. As always, head over to patreon.com forward slash inside jogging podcast. And um and yeah, we've um, been making moves this week. So hopefully some exciting stuff to announce in the very near future. Um, should you go to listen, listen to questions? I think you're, you're kicking us off, Matt. You go for it. Yep. So, hey, guys, loving the pod. Um, oh, wait there. I might as well say the name first. So we've just got Jake. We've got no, we've got no surname I've just here. got Jake. Jake from Instagram. Jake, Jake's fine. Jake's a strong name. So um, 
Are you able to touch on an injury? How do you get through setbacks and come back out the other side stronger? I found mentally it can be tough more than physically. So any tips you have on coping and making efficient use of time, time off um, would be great to hear. So what do you think, boys? I found when I've had anything, I if you're say you've got a routine, you go, for example, five days a week, you double. I would cross train the same sort of routine um, to make sure if you're keeping the routine that you're you're um, you would be running, it sort of keeps a bit of consistency in your week. Yeah, that's so probably one of the most like... probably one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard you say. Um, <laughs> I very rarely agree with Josh, but that's He's learning. That's yeah, keeping a routine is definitely keen. It's so easy to fall out fall out of a, a routine if you don't do it. And I didn't, you know, like over Christmas, as soon as you have like one day off, it turns into five, which turns into months. So, so yeah, agree on that one, Josh. Anything else? Any other words of wisdom from you? Um, that's a strong one from Josh, to be fair. I don't think you've got any more. <laughs> yeah, no, if, you, if there's anything that's been sort of, obviously, other than the thing that's actually causing the injury, sort of try, take the time to strengthen other bits as well. Because like sometimes... I find even like in the marathon block now, I've probably been a little bit neglecting on some of the weights, but it's hard when you're training a lot because you're just tired and you don't want it to sort of detriment, uh, be detrimental to performance as well. So use the time to strengthen other bits as well. There you go. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, how do, how do I follow on from that from Josh? Good God. Fantastic, Josh. Good yeah. <laughs> Um, so injuries we all get them um, I think the things that we've I think you learn as you as you go and you get older in the sport and you, more, you get you know you gain experiences um, you know you've got an injury because of you know you, you've, you've done something it's an overuse injury let's be honest whether it's from doing too much volume whether it's doing uh, getting jumping back into training too quickly etc cetera, etc cetera. so I think make sure you're planning your training accordingly to to where you are right now um, and not looking at, oh, I've ran this uh, PB uh, six months ago, right, I'm going to start off doing reps at that pace or whatever. So I think that's a good place to start. I think people just need to chill out a bit more, I think, as well. Like get into routine. It's all about balance. I totally agree with Josh on that sense. Um, But just... Get yourself a nice little routine, strengthen the areas you need to strengthen. Um, and as well as like, you know, just enjoy um, the fact that you need to, you know, strengthen something to hopefully when further down the line will help you and help you running as well. So, yeah, I think, yeah, all of what you two have said. And also just, just remember, like, you can't, you can't just rest for, let's say you've got to leave it you can't run for six weeks you can't just rest for that six weeks then expect to to come back in that first week of running and start doing running as you were before you've got to gradually build up josh josh is pretty pretty good at that you know run walk programs or whatever you need to do to to build back up to some form of running like so many other people i see who recreational runners have yeah six to eight weeks off don't do any sort of rehab and then to expect that rest has fixed them when it's 
yeah, more than likely to not fix the the underlying problem. So trying to get a good structure to your your rehab as well and take that seriously is is probably important. Um, I don't have that much experience of rehab, but Josh, to be fair, it's one of the areas I do get Josh to um, give me some insight to because he's done it plenty of times and he's he's always done it pretty well. So um, so yeah, we heard from the expert. Josh, um, a quick question here for you so you can do this one. Yeah, uh, so this is from Evan Stanley. Um, Favourite runner of all time? I did this for you, Josh, because I'd like to hear your thoughts on it because as I discovered this week, you don't know many runners, so... Yeah, I'm more of a a modern. Um, Let me have a think. You you two go first. Well, you meant to think beforehand. Christ, you got anything I've I've only just seen it. Um, oh, favorite all-time runners. Wow, so that's a that's a big question. That is, um, Evan. Um, I mean, I'll I'll say a few that I I enjoy watching and enjoyed watching in the past. Meb, um, I can never pronounce his second name. Um, Kevlatsky, Kevlatsky, um, yeah. Um, Craig Mottram was also another one I loved watching. Um, yeah, Bikili is. Well, these are just the sort of run-of-the-mill ones that everyone used to love watching. Um, yeah, it's the ones who race, isn't it? Similar for me, the ones who are just good racers and create exciting races. Um, I don't know. I Do you know what? Somebody a bit more, you know, it's not grassroots, but domestic for us. I always used to like watching Steve Burnham run on the mud because he was always just incredible at it. Like, he seemed to just glide over mud and that's why he was so successful in the mud um yeah Craig Mottram I mean I didn't do much athletics growing up and I, I remember watching Craig Mottram sort of he was like the only white guy wasn't he mixing it so he stood out um mm. so yeah and also I suppose again I didn't really follow running back then but John Brown always seemed to bring it to the Olympics and a couple of fourth place finishes so yeah he was pretty good to watch um and I've seen some of his races since, and he was always, yeah, pretty competitive. Um, but yeah, more recently, Kipchoge is just a phenomenal person to watch running. I still, the year I watched, um, well, Josh was pacing. I watched Mike run, and um, before you say pacing Kipchoge for a second, <laughs> I was hungover and jogging between mile sixteen to or seventeen to nineteen. And they ran past in the other direction. And it's just so, it just looks so good, so fluid in, in person. It's just so fast and just no effort on his face, is there? Yeah, I think, I don't know though. I like, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you with Kipchoge, but like, I quite like, like watching Bikili as well, because when he was doing the marathons, I, I know he dropped out of a load, but it, it was unpredictable. You didn't know if he was going to pop out a big one. so Yeah, that's actually, I forgot. Sammy Wanduro, my all-time favourite. What a guy. His, his Olympic marathon in Beijing when it was humid and he just thought, nah, I'm just going hard. And he held on. Interesting character. So I'm going to go one not recent, Steve Prefontaine. From what I've seen of him, just full send it. <laughs> What's that? Watch, you're gonna watch his film later. Yeah, because he's actually, in America. I have now. actually watched it. 
<laughs> Which one? No. Without limits, is it? Oh, I'm not sure. It's two, isn't sure. there? I think it's two. But yeah, I, I rate that type of... Uh, sort Any, of anybody else? Is that it? That's what I'm going for. <laughs> That's it. I'm not very good with, like, past names. We know I'm not, I'm right not great either, Josh. Be like Jakob or someone. Yeah. Um, right. My The last question I've got on here is big. So from Chris Morgan, who's a big fan, um, signed his other half up to Patreon last week. Thought that was good. Um, Very good. Big debate. Warm down or cool down? What are we saying? I'm a warm down person. Oh, outrageous. Classy. I don't title. So I just. What would you just jog? I would say cool down. It's definitely controversial. It's definitely warm up and cool down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you're, know not, I just, you're not I, warming I like down, it. are you? You're, cool, you're slowing down, Josh. Yeah. Well, Josh probably is probably warming up again. <laughs> cool down. Or just or just walk. Wait, so why do you I just like the down? consistency? I, I like the consistency of the word warm. I don't know. Warm up, warm oh. down. I don't know. When, when you're coaching, it's always easier to just put WD and CD. It makes more sense. If I put mm. w, WU, nah, not having it. Um, I did get a quick question. I've just seen it because um, that was a short one. James Barkley says, will Josh follow his dad into triathlon? You've not seen me swim. Absolutely not. <laughs> No, I'm I'm not coaching him if it does. Interesting. Right, should we go to some news? Um, I'll go through this Valencia 10k. Um, Kenya's Nora Deruto and Daniel Mbenyo were the winners of Valencia 10k. Um, in the reports that I read, they kept banging on about the wind. And I'm like, surely it wasn't that windy. Looking at the times from some of our domestic guys. Um, so interesting to see if it was windy um, and what they're thinking windy is. Anyway, um, Geruto, who's a, a 3,000 meter steeplechaser, um, took the win in 30.35. And Grovdal, Norwegian, isn't she? Yeah, that was who Christian yeah. was followed. Did. While I'm talking about this, somebody to see what Christian run because I forgot to look this morning. Um, so Grofdal finished second, um, just behind. I think I saw in the video, was it 30 38 maybe? Um, and then Barta, I think no, 30 38 was, but anyway, I think Chep Curry was 30 38, so they're all pretty close together. Top three, um, men's race went off pretty hard, um, but they sort of controlled it. But Benio took the win in 26.57. I think it's the 11th fastest 10K of all time. Um, and more interestingly to me was how the Brits performed. So Emil Caress, 27.44 to go equal second on the all-time UK list. Um, Johnny Meller, 28.32 PB. Adam Clark, 28.36, who's doing Seville. Um Sessman, 28.58, he said it's a bit of a shock to the system in his first race after London. And Andy Davies, 29.39, which is pretty solid for, for the old boy, Andy, if he's listening. Um, and then in the 
the ladies' side, Beth Kidger was 32.53 PB, and Steph Davis, who ran in Sapporo, uh, ran 32.58. So pretty quick times for the Brits, especially Emil Caress. Um, Josh has told me that Christian fell over in 32.21. Um, yeah, it's a shame, Christian. Um, any thoughts on those runs, boys? Emil is, yeah, like you say, very, very good. So was they, it going out to Kenya. Um, there wasn't a meal in Flagstaff in a of days, so. like a year ago. Be interesting to see. Yeah, it was. So, so what are you saying next year? I'm going to run 27.44. I thought I thought that's what you'd say. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, got to follow that similar trajectory. Um, but yeah, uh, I if it was windy, even more incredible. But so Nick Rose is top of that. British performance and Emil equaled Mo Farah's time, I think. So, yeah, cracking times from all the Brits. Yeah, yeah, Johnny's proven that 35 year olds still have it. Um, so was Andy, to be fair. Oh, yeah, not 35, but I he's in his 40s now, isn't he? He's definitely in his 40s. Um, yeah. 41, I think he said he is. Strong as an ox, that boy, though. We'll get Andy on the show, I'm sure, soon, and he can tell us all about it. Um, Josh, you had the Manchester indoors races oh you put me on the spot there hang on well i didn't because i put it in the um, put it in the show notes if you care to read them oh hang on hang on hang on, hang on. don't run it i'll come to your wrestler rescue so Osama Mezalek took Osama Mezalek took the win in 750 um from jake whiteman i think i've got a big echo clicking on somebody's thing so don't know it's gonna be on. josh's yeah american wi-fi um, so Jake White, he beat Jake White, Whiteman by eight tenths of a second. So close finish, a big kick in the last 200 um, is what the report said on Twitter. And then Ossie and Perrin took a British indoor record, 7.58 for 3K. Um, as four men went under eight minutes. So some, yeah, swift racing there. And then in the ladies, Amelia Quirk took the win in 15.27 from Jenny Nesbitt in 15.30, so two PBs, and I think English and Welsh indoor records. Jenny's time of 15.30.3 was, I think, 0.3 outside of a qualifying time that she needed. So, yeah, again, Jenny. Jenny, I think you need to come have a word. We'll get you onto this qualifying time at some point. Um, I didn't see any other results. I don't know if there's any other races on there, Josh, but... They're the ones I've seen on Twitter. Yeah, they're the main one, main ones I saw as well. Um, also today, there was plenty of racing in cross-country county champs. Um, I don't know if you boys know any or have seen any, but I'll run through a few quickly. Josh Dickinson won the Yorkshire champs. It's only 9K this year. Odd. odd distance. Yeah. Um, and then Jemima... Elgood took the win in the, the ladies. Yorkshire's always like a fiercely competitive race. Reese Ashton took the Lancashire County Champs. Um, and annoyingly, I don't have the ladies in front of me right now, which is always, oh, Nicola Jackson. Um, but yeah, I was just glancing at a few of these earlier. It's, it's pretty hard to decipher through cross-country results who's, who's done what. Um, Chris Richards took the um, 
took something. Cumbria. He he ran that 10k the other week. With you boys. He took Cumbria. He took Cumbria. Um oh what I did want to say was Bedford and Buckinghamshire county champs. The senior men's race, 6.5k. Wow. What has happened there? Anyway, Richard Slade took the win there. Um, and hopefully they've not cut the women's as well. No, I think they've run the women's together. But again, not telling me any result. No, women's, they've cut the women's, 5.5k. Madness. Um, there was some others. Cheshire was Ed Shepherd. I know that much. Um, and a load of the others were all in PDFs, which I didn't have time to open. Um, usually it's a good indicator of um, who's going to do some of the big races coming up, like nationals. But I didn't see that many, many of the big boys turning out the county champs. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything on Instagram, Josh. I saw Lee Merion turn out at Hampshire's, took a fifth place. Do you know who Lee Merion is, Josh? Yeah. Good man. 2012 Olympian. Paul Navesy was 12th there on a comeback. Peter Hart took the win in, in Hampshire. But yeah, um, plenty of racing. So if anybody wants to give me a roundup one week, it would be very, very helpful because, yeah, it, I haven't got time to go through 50 separate results. Lincolnshire, Josh. Guess who won? Matthew Bowser. Matthew Bowser for about the 20th consecutive <laughs> year, apart from when I won it, which he wasn't happy about. Took the win from Linton Taylor. So, yeah, still going is, is old Bowser. Anyway, that's a wrap. I'd, unless you've got any other results, you know, of Josh, US champs, wasn't it? Uh, it was, yeah, US cross-country champs. Molly was um, fifth, was she? Fifth, sixth? Seventh. Seventh, close enough. Yeah. Did you wish her uh, congrats? Did you say? Um, you wouldn't wish, wish some congrats. Wish them good no. luck. Well, no, congrats on give, the, on the seventh congrats. on on the seventh place. Anyway, uh, no, I haven't. When's she coming on the show? I uh, have to try and try and uh, speak to her. Well, you've been there. Yeah, how, how many? You've been there a good few weeks now. You're sort of <laughs> not really. Well, I say this, but you did. She, to be it. fair, she's not. She's not been there a long time. You got me. The I interview. thought you were friends now. I said, yeah, but she's not been here. So, I'll try it. I'll try to be fair to Josh, he's got me the interview for later with um, Holly Archer. Holly speaks to us for nearly an hour. Um, Josh was lurking in the background. So if anybody listening, I did mention Josh a few times and it might sound weird early on that I kept mentioning Josh, but it was because he was sat there doing some work in the background on mute. And he does come in at about 40 minutes with an interesting anecdote, which hopefully you find funny. Um, but yeah, Holly was good. She spoke all about pro-life and her journey in sport. So give that a listen. That'll come up after we finish here. So that's it, boys. What's happening, Josh? What's happening in your life next week? Uh, Houston. Amazing for me. I'm travelling down on Friday. Got a nice hotel. Um, so I'm not actually sure if I'm in the hotel or not. So I booked an Airbnb instead. Um, so I might be in the hotel, might not be. Are you sharing the Airbnb so, with? I'm just going on my own. So I'm flying down with Matt and uh, Beer, and then, yeah, I'll see see what the crack is. Matt, what are you up to? 
Uh, I've got to go to the tip next week. Um, <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> I've got some bits and bobs I need to take to the tip. Um, I've filled up half my uh, half my bin with um, my cross trainer box and bits and bobs, so I can't fit the rest of it in there. So I've got to go to the tip. Um, and what else? You're that's, racing. That's oh yes, I'm racing uh, on Sunday. The uh, the three plus one village um, half marathon. Oh, uh, that. So that so that should be good. Looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, that's that's my week. Just hopefully, trying to sort out my Achilles. See if I can walk tomorrow. That'd be um, nice. It's it's, it's, uh, it's really healthy for you this running lock, isn't it? We um we also need to sort you out some alpha flies. So anyone out there wants to give Matt some alpha flies, he'd be yeah. Very- let me know if you can reinforce them as well, so they don't pop. That'd be great. So, so, Aaron, how about yourself? Well, as I said, I'm going to try and slowly get back into a week that I'm semi-happy with of running. Got a treadmill coming late next week, which would be nice. Um, so hopefully in time for... I'm, I'm hoping, once I get it, the weather does turn bad, just so I can sort of smugly put on Instagram every day that I'm inside in my flappies. Um on a are you, where are you put in the uh, treadmill? Garage. Garage. Gym garage. I'm clearing out a load of baby stuff, which is clogging up my garage, as Josh saw over back, you know, in November. I've got my... You're going to put like a TV in there? Yeah, it's all getting sorted. Oh, what, an exci- what an exciting time. I, I won't be doing any of this job. I will hire a professional or Jenny will do it because my DIY skills are terrible. Um yeah, other than that, I've Jenny's away most of the week again. So I'll be, I actually got the treadmill because of that. So I can run in the morning before Eliza wake. Well, before Eliza shits herself awake. That's the only way to describe it. That's how Lovely. she wakes up. It, it happens to the best of us. Um, I did think actually. Um, so she, she does this, you know, a few times and it's a bit messy. So I just go, right, we're going to go and shower. To get in the shower. And I was having this thought today in the back of my head. And I know it's, it's absolutely fine. It's your own daughter. You can be naked in the shower with your own daughter. But in the back of the head, there's something saying, this isn't right, mate. This is wrong. Even though it's completely fine. So what age? There must be an age where <laughs> that's probably unacceptable. So going to have to get out of, the, out of the habit soon. Mate, mate, you're a father. Just hose her down. Get her sorted. Hoser? Well, shower. I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's a hose, isn't it? Uh, it's to some degree. So yeah. It's absolutely fine. Well, hopefully you know? by, by the age she sort of understands these things, she'll just look to Jenny to do those sort of jobs with her so I can sit back and relax. I mean, that. She, I mean, you know, I, I assume when she becomes a teenager, that'll, that'll be, take care of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so, mate. Anyway, boys, on that note, call it a day we'll speak next week cheers Have boys guys. Cheers. bye this week's interview is a silver medalist from the European Indoor Champs in 2021 and with PBs of 203 for 800 407 for 1500 1549 I just found out 5k not 1550 She's become a familiar face on the domestic and international track scene. 
Originally from the best county in the whole of England, Sunny Suffolk, she recently signed with Under Armour on a pro deal and now splits the time between Flagstaff in the US and Cambridge in the UK. I think you're still in Cambridge, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, anyway, welcome to the show, Holly Archer. How's things going? How's Flagstaff? Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm back in Flagstaff at the moment. Um, weather has picked up a little bit. Uh, gets cold, minus 14, 13 mm. at, at night. But actually in the daytime, it's it's like 14 degrees and sunny. So it's it's tolerable. But yeah, no, back in um, heavy training, ready for a big indoors, hopefully. Cool. You say it's tolerable. How is it? How is it like with the biggest name in UK athletics out there at the moment? Um, you know, Josh, how is he integrating into the Flagstar scene? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Josh, good old Josh. No, he's he's great. He's jumping in with all the Under Armour and coming out for runs with us and keeping the run, making the runs go quicker with her. <laughs> he's fat <laughs> so no it's all good um it was really cold monday um f- freezing for for the run to the point where your whole face you are uh, josh's mouth i think uh froze so he just <laughs> every time he spoke i was like oh what <laughs> but um because he was his mouth went or his tongue went numb i don't i don't know i don't know if it was a blessing or a curse but uh yeah no it's it's going well it's picked up the weather is loads better now but uh we had an indoor session today which was rough so yeah getting into the thick of it yeah I've heard actually um I've been told to ask about your your first rep on on the session this morning um so you meant to do 75s I hear talk us through yeah. the first rep well yeah so this is the first track session of 2022 I guess um so I t- I basically class that as the first session of the year. I mean, the tempos, I don't really class the sessions. But, um, yeah, Pat, the coach, was like, okay, first set, I had eight fours off a minute. Um, but bearing in mind I'm at 7,000 feet and I'm inside, so and I was, a, and I was solo. So 75s, it's probably about 68, 70 at sea level, I'd say. Um so he was like, off a minute, it's take it easy. No faster than 75 on the first one. I was like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> I busted out a 68. So um, I suffered horrifically for the last four in that in that set. So I did two sets of eight. First set off a minute. Second set was meant to be 90, but we had to adjust it to two minutes. Um, more for my mental to make sure I got through it through it um two minutes was a good call so then second set I, I did hit all 70s 71s so um I was on pace I was on pace for it all yeah. um I just did it in a in a horrific way that maybe wasn't beneficial for I mean it's good it's good training but it just didn't feel good <laughs> it was yeah it gets, you, gets you used to a, a fast start I suppose I mean, yeah it's, yeah it happened at some point um, yeah exactly yeah just tell yourself that um, yeah. Anyway, before we go into life in um, Flagstaff these days, let's go back a bit. Um, yeah. Are you, was I right? Are you are you originally from Suffolk, or did you just sort of grow up there? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I've I've been in Suffolk my whole life, pretty much. So um, I used to be part of West Suffolk yeah. uh, Athletics Club, um, and I lived kind of close to Cambridge in a place called Haverhill, and then when I moved to the US for school, a university out here. Um, my parents moved over to Suffolk. Um, well, it's still Suffolk, but Bury St. Edmunds Way. Yeah. Um, 
so I am actually still based in Suffolk but I work and pretty much spend most of my time in Cambridge but but on the but Barry St Edmunds is on the border of kind of Cambridgeshire, Suffolk and Norfolk so I can kind of be in all three areas within 10 minutes so yeah cool. yeah I know well my um my brother lives just near Stone Market so oh okay right down the road yeah and my, yeah. my whole family are near near Ipswich way so so yeah no plenty of about Suffolk um as I said it's the best best county in England we'll go with that yeah. You know what? Suffolk coasts and Norfolk coast is so underrated. So there's some there's some good spots around Sheringham and and that area that people just don't know about. But yeah, it's a good area. Yeah, we'll get Josh back there one day. He's he's hoping that he's gonna be a city boy the rest of his life. Now he's gonna <laughs> mix it with the big boys in London. He can't deal with <laughs> Peterborough. But anyway, um, so am i right in thinking you never you never sort of made a, a team as a junior or or you didn't win anything major but you did compete as a junior and sort of you know did all the sort of local track beats and everything um and then went out to the us to i think southern methodist in dallas mm-hmm. um how did that come about like what done your the- research i'm impressed <laughs> yeah um I've I've always been into obviously athletics and I've always been you know fairly good one of the best in the county type deals but I've never made like an English schools final I, I don't think I made a final let alone get a medal in a final so I wasn't like a, a really good junior um but I was okay and still good in my area and then I you know heard about the uh, scholarships and for me it was a done deal as soon as I was 18 like I wanted to go out there um never never applied to any university in the UK so I just went straight out there um I had I want to say like 14 or 15 offers so different schools and then you kind of they recruit you and you kind of pick which school best fits uh but my dad was adamant that you know I go out there for the pure aspect of an education and not running so that's how much belief he had in me um but to be fair to him like he 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 he, you know I wasn't actually that good that age so he was totally correct to say you know go and get your education sorted and you know the running's always second so I went to a school called Southern Methodist University in Dallas Texas um good weather south very good business school and it was honestly it was the most expensive school on the list so I was like you know what I'm gonna get the best facilities and education out of them all um yeah so I ended up staying there for five years and I did well there um you know I held my own one conference a couple of titles um etc so I, I was doing okay but I only ran like 422 which um coming out of university I've massively progressed um whilst in full-time work so um yeah it, it was it shows you that not always you can have all the facilities you can have all the setup um and sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you so yeah that's where that avenue went and did you go out there on a on a visit beforehand or did you just literally get the offers and then rock up and yeah see how it I goes? Got- yeah I literally had the offer and I just rocked up my mom and dad came out with me when I was 18 okay. kind of like put me in the, the, the freshman dorm with all these crazy Americans like like valley girls and um SMU was a rich school so 
the all these Californian blonde girls and I was so overwhelmed I was like oh my god like tanned blonde Ugg boots caramel macchiato just basic bitches everywhere and I was like wow this is gonna be some experience (laughs) so yeah it was it was good fun um but I actually redshirted my whole freshman year because they didn't recognize because I'm from Cambridge the exam board is ed excel no it's um crc rather so it's like um, a different exam board than ed excel so they just didn't recognize my transcripts from a levels so the first year I had to sit out and uh, I couldn't race or I couldn't compete and the coaches hated me so naturally all I did was party my first year um frat parties everywhere um so yeah I wasn't the best like my I had a rough first year but I pulled it out of the bag second year and uh yeah the coaches loved me after that so it was fine (laughs) that sounds good it sounds a different experience anyway it's um yeah (laughs) yeah I, I imagine it's yeah very different in in Dallas than than Cambridge or or Suffolk so um so yeah it's um definitely a good experience then you came back to the UK and um I think we were just chatting before and you worked in in marketing um and by the looks of it took a bit of a spell kind of not going full in on the running and obviously doing a bit more work so Mm -hmm. what what made you commit to make a go of it in running because by was it 2019 British champs you finished fourth and then yeah, yeah obviously made, um, made made a team in 2020 yeah I mean I've always taken running running fairly seriously even though I kind of I've had I believe I'm that runner that has a good balance so I, I go out and I eat what I want and I have fun with it um but I've also had that kind of inner belief that I'm not an average runner and I have the ability to be really good um if I put my mind to it So I've always, every time I go out for a run or a long run or or I do a session or I turn up to training, like there's purpose. Like I don't go just to go. Like I want to hit the splits and I want to run hard. I don't, as, as we heard today, you know, I don't kind of just titty tatty on the end of it. Like I just, I want to immerse myself in it and, you know, do well. So I think I got the job um, when I came back and yeah, I did four years in pharmaceutical pharmaceutical marketing and it was it was full on and I was training kind of after work and before work so I was doing the whole getting up at 5 a.m to do your double and then you know running at 6 30 getting home at 9 p.m and just trying to get through it for the week do you know what I quite miss it because there was no stress and pressure on the sessions um and it was almost like just get it done kind of attitude and if and I was just always so tired to think about it so I just went to bed and just didn't even talk about a session um so yeah I did that for three or four years and you're right 2019 I came fourth and you know I kind of shocked myself and everybody else didn't run that quick maybe 417 that year um but again off of I wouldn't say very specific training um just training with the group there nothing personal just running with the guys the 15 16 year old guys at the club um so yeah and then I thought hang on a minute I think I can I can I can get to 410 I can get to 415 if I put more mileages put more mileages miles in and get my mileage up and also just a bit, bit more race pace stuff 1500 meter is not like what you guys do it's it's uh, it burns after it's horrible yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's if you don't practice I think from what from the last two years that feeling of 
16 at 16 600 meter pace so going through in a 64 and holding that 600 to 800 in training then you're not going to be able to kind of map that onto a race so yeah it's lactic versus endurance um that you really need to nail and you can't get by by just doing eight by three hundreds or eight by four hundreds you you have to do race pace and you know go at least 600 to 800 in my opinion so yeah after 2019 i did a couple of camps um out of my own money just put like funded myself um never made obviously a gb team never been funded never received any funding so i just used the money from work to go out onto um camps in the us and then i think the altitude really helped me um if not physically on the adaptations to be honest i don't know the science behind it i know obviously you drop down and you're going to have more red blood cells because you're, you're producing more while you're here but it's also i think it's more of a mental like game zone when you're here you just click in and like you're here to do a job and it just change you're away from life so at home you get distracted by everything else that's going on whereas here kind of isolated and you just crack on with your training so I think being in a camp environment helps as well it's changes your mindset so yeah after a couple of camps yeah like 2021 kind of hit hit the ground running (laughs) so yeah it kind of flipped it on the head a bit yeah so 20 2020 was that when the was that when the did you win the indoors that year i forget what happened yeah there. yes I COVID. yeah just before covid I won so I done my first ever altitude camp and I won indoor 1500 meters um again nothing fancy but racing a 1500 indoors is, isn't about being like quick it's about racing tactically and smart um so yeah that that was good and then I ran indoors I think around like 4 13 after that a week after and yeah then did just training but outdoors I didn't replicate it um I got ill before outdoors and just did it for the sake of doing it so yeah it wasn't a great outdoors in 2020 I think I came like 10th (laughs) so yeah yeah it was an odd year wasn't it all around yeah it was what happened so yeah yeah. it was like late as well it was like British champs was in September September yeah. yeah so 2021 rolls around and you make a team so Mm -hmm. you go to the European indoors having Mm -hmm. not made a team before and how old were you by this point in 2021 27 27 so yeah for it's fairly late to make a team isn't it in in track athletics um so so yeah made a team but you obviously went there with an attitude that you could could do something rather than just taking part so um and I think that was evident in the way you you raced and obviously it, it pulled off. So, so yeah, what, what were your expectations going in and, and how did it, how did it all go? What were your, your sort of takeaways from it? Yeah. So 2021 January, I was here um, and I was training really well. I was training with the girls here. It was my first experience with professionals. So I kind of wanted to impress them and not just, get dropped in sessions so I was really kind of making sure that I was holding my own um and I just started enjoying it and loving the team environment out here then I clocked a couple of good sessions late January um really fast speed ones and gave me a lot of confidence and then they had this it was difficult because I had to get the standard for Europeans and I only had one race to do it so they put on a Brigham 
indoor race in Manchester um and there was like six of us and I needed to run sub 413 um out you know and we didn't have a pacer because we were only allowed six people in the race because of COVID. So, you know, we took it upon ourselves to try and like each take a lap and then, you know, blast the last 800. And luckily I ran 410 and I was like, I mean, that's pretty good for opening to, you know, PB by three seconds. So I was like, Oh, hang on a minute. Um, I'm in good shape. And then that fueled me for the following week, which all I needed to do then was to come top two to make the team. So yeah, the following week, I, I, think I won in 4.13 and went into the Europeans with the attitude of making the final and that's that's how I saw it but if I made the final for me making the final is then you you might as well race to win because what's the point in racing to come fifth and then coming you know third you might as well race to win and come second um which was my attitude because I had nothing to lose there's like nine people in the race in an indoor race so you just got to go for it. And it's so tactical, the 1500 meter, anything can happen as you can, as you probably saw. Um, I don't think I raced very well. If I'm honest in reflection, I raced terribly. I was at the back the whole race. I was sick with a, on the bell. Um, I could have won that if I positioned myself better, but I've watched the race back so many times and there is no way I could have got out around I tried going in I tried going out I tried going through I could not move so once I was at the back there was nothing I could do but just um just hold my breath and hope so um which is not the not the way you want to run you want to control it a bit more than that but hey I learned the hard way yeah for people don't know indoors it's 200 meters a lap um banked bends so it gets very tight and it's very different to outdoor racing there's a lot more I mean, but there's a lot more contact, isn't there? And oh yeah, bumping around yeah. and yeah, it's sort of there's inevitable. Never... Yeah. If you try and overtake on an indoor track, you have two places you can do it, and that's on the straight. But you have to do it coming off the bend. And if you do it coming off the bend, people can hear and feel you coming round, and they put a they put a surge in and then block you out. So then you waste energy by trying to overtake and they block you, um, which you can overtake on an outdoor track because you have a whole hundred meters to do so. But on an indoor track, it's only 50 meters and someone can hold you off at 50 meters. So yeah, it's, if you're not in the front, you have to make such a decisive move and um, go for it. And otherwise you just burn out. So yeah, it's a lot different from outdoor track. And especially in a, in a final, it's not like, you you don't often have somebody take it out at pb pace it's always very slow and bunches Mm -hmm. so it's sort of amplified indoors so that final you you finished finished second in a in a as you say a pretty messy race there was lots of um bumping from from everyone really um and you obviously celebrated got came second and then the dq came through and it was all a bit of a yeah up in the air for a few hours so yeah what happened talk us through what happened in that sort of couple of hours between finishing second being dq'd and then eventually being reinstated yeah do you know what I wasn't when I finished the race and I came second you know if you told me that on January 1st 2021 I would have been I would have been so happy um but because of the way the race played out I remember as soon as I crossed that line I was so frustrated the whole race because I couldn't move um and I couldn't race and I knew I was I knew I was fit enough to run you know 407 406 
Um, and I, I couldn't put that out there on a, on a European final. And I felt that that was kind of embarrassing for, for me to have ran the way I did. So I remember I put my hands on my knees and I just shook my head and I was like, Christ, that was a mess. Like, what, what were we doing? Like, why did no one take it on? Like, why didn't we push the pace? I would have, if I could got, could have got to the front, but I couldn't. Um, so when I finished, yeah, I was, I was kind of like what just happened, but then also it kind of sunk in. You've just got a silver, like you need to, this is amazing. Like you need to, you know, soak it up and enjoy it. So, you know, I kind of got over that bump and was like, yeah, tactical race, um, silver medalist, like, wow, that's pretty cool considering I haven't, you know, even got like a British outdoor medal. So to go and get an indoor European medal was pretty cool. Um, and then I did a little interview and then I walked past all the media and then the the guy, the media guy, Gareth at British Athletics, his face, he, it just said it all. He just like looked at me and he was not smiling. And I was like, uh-oh. And I kind of knew something would happen because of how messy the race was. Like everyone was pushing, everyone was shoving. I mean, if you, you put your brakes on, on the car, you're going to go in the back of it. You know, it's nothing you can do. Um, so I got into the cool room and then I saw on the screens, as you walk through past all the media, you have some screens. And I saw me and this Spanish girl had been um, DQ'd. And I was just like, oh my God, like I have not come this far to just like ruin that. So I was kind of numb and it didn't really, it didn't really, it didn't really sink in for about 30 minutes. And then I, uh, the British athletic stuff were like, okay, warm down, warm down. And I was trying to warm down, but I, my head was like exploding. Like I, I had no idea. And everyone was messaging me saying, oh, you've been reinstated or before I found out because I was literally in a room and all I had was my phone. So everyone had the news and um the commentators and they can they could hear what was going on but I had no idea so I was like calling my my mom and my friends and saying like what the hell is happening um so then I got reinstated so I was like well that's good and then literally five minutes later I got DQ'd again and then I got reinstated and then I got DQ'd again and then finally we reappealed and I got reinstated again it took about three hours um and there was one point where I when I got DQ'd again it, that's when it hit me and I started like I just got really upset because I felt like I'd let everyone down. Um, like I'd come out on this camp, I'd spent a lot of money. My mum and dad had been like backing me. My like isn't, you know, I wanted to make them proud. Um, I had a really shit January with a not a, a not a very good like break. I had a terrible breakup. So this was like kind of my opportunity to be like, no, you got this. And I just felt like I'd ruined it. <laughs> so I did cry. Um, but I also wanted to get across that like I didn't intentionally. I felt like people would were like pissed at me for racing. Um, not great. Um, you know, if you, you get a few, you get a few tweets at you and they're mm. quite savage and you feel, you feel like you've let people down. And so, yeah, th- those kind of comments do get to you and you think Christ, like I should have ran better. Um, and yeah. I just wanted to like, kind of let people know, Hey, this, this meant a lot to me and yeah, I got upset about it. Um, but you know, I did the best I could and I couldn't get out of the position I was in. So yeah. Um, and then I finally got reinstated and it was official that the silver medal was mine. So I got it engraved and that was a done deal for me. I could go to bed and. Yeah. Took out, took out the country quickly before they took it away again. Um, (laughs) And so do you play any part in that? lodging that appeal or was it all done by the U the sort of British athletics team 
yeah, it's all the British athletics team. And then um, other athletes and their coaches were the people that were reappealing. And that's how I was getting DQ'd again. I'd so be, I'd be so, if it happened to me, I'd be so mad. I'd be up there myself. I, yeah, because Josh, obviously, Josh does. yeah, I couldn't, I hadn't re seen, I hadn't watched the race back until yeah. I don't think until like the next morning. But if you do watch the race back, every single the girl that won sandwiched her way from the middle to the outside which should she she should have been dq'd so mm. you go back and you watch it it's every if you watch every individual every individual pushed at some point and i thought originally i was dq'd for going on the inside um that's what i thought i was in trouble for so i was like hang on a minute i did do that but there was space and i didn't have any contact so um i thought that's what i was dq'd for but it turns out it was i was dq'd for pushing and that's when i was like no that's that's not right everyone pushed um in fact i was probably at the back so i was staying out of it most of the time so um yeah Yeah. at least i learned the track rules now (laughs) It was a weird. It was a weird chance for it because there was a few people who got done for sort of stepping inside the track, which mm-hmm. has happened quite a lot recently. Um, yeah, it's just yeah weird all over those DQs left, right, and centre in it. Yeah, stepping um, on the inside, stepping on yeah. one. If you're a four hundred person, stepping on the the uh, line, yeah. straight out. But our race was absolutely. I honestly thought they were going to call it back and restart within the first hundred meters because it was. As soon as the gun went, I went, oh, God, like, you know, you're trying to race. You're really slow and everybody is pushing and you're like, this isn't right. Like, yeah. but yep. Yeah. And it's it, it's a shame that, that, yeah, there is those people on Twitter who don't really understand the racing. And for people who sort of follow it and have done it themselves, they sort of know what indoors are like. And you sort of, yeah, you know, that's what's happened. But yeah, you get these rogue people on on twitter and it's a shame they can it's good that they can access athletes but it's also a shame that they can why my throat goes again it's a shame, <laughs> shame that they can also yeah have full access to people because you're right you do see them like as much as you, you try you and hide them. you see everything. right but having said that i also got a lot of really really lovely messages um and that's one thing a lot of people said to me afterwards like why did you cry and put it on your story etc and i was like do you know what? i don't know but i want people to actually see the real me and the authentic me and it happened i was upset and i wanted to let people know you know what what was going on and i think it actually benefited me because a lot of people got to know the real me um, because you don't see the real person on social media at all. Um, So unless you you're a hundred percent transparent and which is quite impossible. So I think I just wanted to get, everybody was messaging me and, you know, some were encouraging and some were, you know, a bit ruthless. So I just wanted to get across to everyone as quick as possible. I'm upset. I effed up. Um, You know, this is what's happening, but I did my best and that was the best way to do it. And, I think it might have been a blessing in disguise because, you know, it snowballed after that. And maybe if I wasn't DQ'd and I just won the race, I wouldn't have got as much exposure. Exactly. So yeah. It may have been, it may have been better. Yeah. So that, that leads me on. So did it open then doors to, to help you sign this, this pro contract you're now on with, with Under Armour? Um, is yeah. that what sort of, yeah, triggered yeah. that? Yeah. So after Europeans, it's, it did snowball. I, I got a couple of sponsors um, and I'm the type, I'm kind of a bit of a business girl. So I kind of act upon things quick. Um, you know, I got a few sponsors, iPro, which is a drink. So they financially supported me. Um, 
I started with an agency and, you know, just jumped into things as quick as I could and striked why the iron was hot. But I didn't sign anything because of obviously the shoe dilemma. Um, Under Armour don't have or didn't have, we do now, but um, which I'll be wearing this indoor season, which I'm excited to try out. But um, we didn't have the shoe for outdoors and I didn't know how much it was impacting. Everyone raves about the dragonfly and I've always been wearing the dragonfly at that point. So it didn't make sense to sign before um, the trials for the Olympics. So I just stuck with wearing the dragonflies and trained with the group and find like funded myself again um and chased the olympic standard and to fair play to me uh, although i didn't run the standard i was ranked in the top 45 in the world so it was down between me and reve we were both in the top 45 um so that's how they take you to the olympics if you don't have the standard if you've got ranking points and i had enough ranking points but unfortunately reve beat me in the british champs final which meant she got more points than me and we switched over in a final like that so i got very very close but um not as not close enough yeah but hopefully it spurs you on for the for the next one um there you go, exactly which isn't too far away um what is it two yeah two and a half years away so this year what is the aim you've obviously got world indoors you've got world yep. outdoors you've mm-hmm. got europeans you've got commies what are you aiming yeah. for all of them yeah i think so yeah. i think so shoot for the you know shoot for the sign hit the stars i don't have any time goals this year um I think one big goal is I did I did mess up outdoors by chasing that time over and over and over again at the wrong races with the wrong mindset. Not the wrong mindset. I just wanted it too much. Mm-hmm. And you could see I, a lot of coaches even said to me, you know, this um, Alex Bell's coach even said to me, he was like, yeah, you could see it. You could see it every race that you you were just trying too hard. Um, which is something is, is, is one of those comments to like, in, like enjoy racing. It's one of them comments. It's like, how <laughs> I'm not that I'm so hundred miles per hour that I don't n- know how to relax. And I know that that's something I need to work on this year. So I think by taking out the time goal and that from everything is how I'm going to approach indoors and we'll see how we go. Cause that's what I did indoors. Um, but yeah, just aim for making the teams and I think just racing, just racing to win and letting the time come and that's it. Um, forget going through in 208 and 64 perfect laps, which is something that I was trying to do. Just forget it and just race and it will come if it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, yeah, the goal is to make as many of the teams as I can next year. So World Indoors is the start um and i've just seen they released the selection criteria actually for europeans yeah um so it's the same as worlds so top two at british trials will go to worlds and then the third is discretionary and it's exactly the same for Europeans. so uh, the people that go to worlds will get that um the option to race or not and if they decline then it will maybe go to the fourth person at trials so i think i thought i thought the euros there is no trials for track no they so it's it's the same as the world trials so yeah i get get what you mean yeah they get priority so it's what i'm saying so yeah you've got to basically make the world team to make the european team yeah and but commonwealths have no clue they i don't know what the i've heard that it's a bit uh all over the place with who they select i think maybe political i don't know there isn't a selection it's numbers isn't it 
that's the problem yeah. they're limited to I think I'm gonna have to find 16. out who uh, who's on the selection board and uh, take them to the pub <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm gonna get a spot I mean, on the, the way it was explained to me is they get 64 and this was by somebody who did select 64 ish places and they then work out who will make finals and obviously with the sprint sprinters and things it's you can kind of easily pick who's going to make finals and then mm -hmm. by the time you get to say the marathon where it's very hard to judge if someone's going to come top right. eight there's mm -hmm. less and less places available um but yeah less, yeah less things can happen in a 200 100 400 race um exactly. in a in a, the longer the race the more things that can happen dehydration uh you know get your fluids wrong um get cramped 1500 meters someone can fall like there's so many but that's also what's exciting which selection like the people that on the panel that don't consider is mm. like what happened in my 1500 meter final like you know i wasn't even ranked to make the final yet i got a medal because of how the race was run so anything can happen in a in a marathon and a 10k and a 5k it's just more time for things to go wrong and that means it can go right for an outsider so yeah, yeah. And unfortunately we've got the kenyans and ugandans in the commonwealths and right. obviously in distance events they you know in terms of rankings will be ahead usually right. quite a few but they they don't often then turn up you often get the sort of fourth or fifth team <laughs> turning yeah. up the commonwealths um yeah it will be really interesting this year because there are three major events in mm six weeks so it'll be interesting to see if people are just going to go for it and target them all i would like because i'm a 1500 meter runner but um so, or if they're going to really just nail europeans and not commonwealths i think commonwealths is such a it's such a more intimate race that i would want to do it like for your your country so yeah, yeah i don't I, know i've got the dates here so what's it world champs is like the the week of 17th of july-ish so then yep. it's two weeks later is commonwealths right yeah and then two weeks later two is weeks later is european so busy yep. season um, yeah but yeah if you could if you can get it right you know you can compete for those three then you can have a yeah remarkable yeah. year couldn't you yeah, yeah exactly exactly so yeah plenty of plenty of chances available um let's talk about training um you've yep. moved as i said many times to flagstaff um you're being coached by Stephen Haas is it yeah 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 so what's a typical week like in in winter let's go with winter first what sort of yeah um so obviously I signed in October so um before being with Haas um there's a coach at Cambridge that I've been working with the last couple of years who knows me very well and he's very good at training so I always I, I still take his sessions in consideration and we talk weekly so he knows what I'm doing and can help me where needed so um but in October I officially signed with Under Armour which means you move coaches um and Stephen Haas is the coach here um I bumped up my mileage quite a lot this fall so or uh, oh. autumn <laughs> all American you're like Josh <laughs> in the fall in the yeah. autumn yeah so this winter let's just call it winter um just bumped up my mileage we have started we've been starting long running on a Saturday which is new for me um at first I was a little bit against it but it gives you two extra days before your Tuesday session and it's normally a big 
mileage session so actually it is helpful you just don't hit your long run you're tired because you train on a friday so i train tuesday and a friday long run saturday so straight after that session is going to be a hard long run um and then you know take three the the rest of the four other days um wednesday midweek long run and then thursday monday and sunday are all just easy runs um and easy miles so that's a typical week i did that in a really weird order so but sorry but um yeah so two sessions one long run rest is easy um that's kind of how it typically looks around 80 miles a week at the moment for a 1500 meter runner it's not too bad um so is there a few doubles thrown in there or or singles yeah doubles on a monday and thursday on easy days so an eight and four something like that 12 miles for the day but just easy stretching the legs out um wednesdays around 10 miles um i typically run pretty not really easy on that day uh depending on how i'm feeling after the session but i'm really trying this year to nail the sessions and just forget about all the other runs yeah um because obviously that's what's important for a 1500 meter runner whereas a marathon and a longer distance person may all the consistency is more important but for 1500 you've got to get the speed in your legs and you've got to nail the sessions otherwise you're going to get rusty and you're just going to I'm just going to become a 510k runner. <laughs> so, um yeah, that's what I've been doing over the winter and I'm still kind of currently doing that right now. Um I think I might hit 90 this week actually miles which is big, but um I will transition in the next couple of weeks, lower mileage, faster, easy runs or just in more intense stuff and lot yeah, around 60 70 miles a week, but way more intense and the sessions hopefully more rest faster reps so yeah so so easy runs you say they're Mm. easy what sort of pace are you doing those at um sea level typically 640 to 650 if i'm tired i will go around seven i don't go over 715 very very rare um i don't know if that's good or not but that's just what i do um for an easy run um long runs around 6 30 for sea level so i hit around 15 16 miles at 6 30s um and that's off-road around thetford forest if you're from the suffolk area norfolk area you might round around there but i usually go around there it's just really good mm. for doing that amount of miles off the road just get off the road if you can and that isn't kind of mud it's gravel which is perfect running condition um so to get 20% of my, you know, mileage on that is so much better for keeping, you know, avoiding injuries. So that's, yeah. that's key as well is avoiding those. So, um, yeah, but sea level, I do, I'm a little bit more conservative because obviously it's, it's harder and you get, you get yourself in a hole. You just get tired here. You just, yeah. you're absolutely, you're knackered all the time. So, um, yeah. Um, but sometimes it doesn't differ too much. I would do, most runs around seven flat up here, seven thirty maybe, but most runs at seven flat, easy runs, um, long runs. I try and go around six fifty, so a little little slower than sea level, but still pretty intense up here. Yeah, and then the sessions you mentioned. So Tuesday, a bit more speed work. So this morning it was was it two lots of eight four hundreds? You say yeah. So the so the winter I tend to do mile reps. Uh, tempos on a Tuesday 800 meter reps short rest nothing more than 90 um 
kind of thing and then on a friday we break it down and stuff in the in the winter we're doing a lot of hills um but off a, you know two minute walk back recovery um but yeah 400 broken into sets of four like some broken miles stuff like that um in the winter but now you, i will tend to go down and to camp verde which is a little lower do mile reps 800 meter reps um that kind of mile not as many tempos hopefully yeah. <laughs> and then on a friday we tap into that race pace stuff so hopefully those 64s for 400 um 600s um 200s that kind of 300s that kind of area to really get me my biomechanics working again and feeling comfortable over that pace so you're not, you're not a fan of tempos by the sound of it oh, i hate that um i had a i had a great one last friday it was a it was meant to be a progression and it was a regression it was horrific <laughs> i finished my long run i think quicker on the last mile because i hit the first mile way too hard so yeah i haven't quite nailed the, the tempo yet if you ever want to have a laugh about a regression run ask josh about his his run a long run with me once after oh. day after national road nationals um national relays he did a, a long run with me and I think it took him three hours to do the last two miles, three miles. And he had, no. to, text, he had to text text us off some random's phone to say, come pick us up. So, yeah, don't feel bad. Put it that what? Way. Yeah. what Ask you about that later. What happened? I don't know. He just blew up. He's here. Let's let's get Josh in to just. Yeah, he's going to have to explain that one. He can't unmute himself now. What happened, Josh? Basically, um, basically I hadn't had breakfast because I was like, oh, I was sort of jumping in and it was like a reasonable effort, but it wasn't like flat out. And uh, I basically just hit the wall and it was very cold, very wet. And I was like, we, we kind of finished the reps and I'd already sort of, I was like, we were meant to be running like 5.20s, 5.30s and I was running sort of six with a mile. And then on the warm down, I said to Aaron, I was like, I'm going to go a bit slower. I, I can't run sort of 7.30s. And then that kind of, deteriorated to the point where I couldn't run in a straight line and then I couldn't run um so I sort of propped myself up against a um a street sign for I I, I mean I don't even know how long um and then sort of started walking back and I where found this random in Hunt. uh in uh yeah in Huntington and Ives okay no it was um, yeah and so I found this random guy who was running I was like please can I use your phone I need to get like I need help um <laughs> So I messaged Mike on Facebook, Mike Channon. And by this and, point, uh, me, me and two other lads who are in our 30s, I sat in Josh's ex-girlfriend's parents' kitchen having a cup of tea <laughs> with these parents who on a Sunday morning, we'd never met, and we just knocked <laughs> on the door as a group of blokes saying, oh, yeah, we're waiting for Josh. And she's like, yeah, come in. And they were in their dressing gowns. We sat down having tea. But yeah ignoring josh josh's messages oh my yeah God. so in, in the end i sort of walked back and it was pretty horrendous but yeah yeah but anyway. i won't forget get back to work mate good story <laughs> see you later <laughs> um yeah we digressed onto onto that but um yeah that's that's a good insight into into your week and let's just say when summer comes around it yeah it's a bit more intense so is when there any racing you start it's difficult because you lose your long run a lot of the time because you're racing on a Saturday or a Sunday. So um, it gets, it does get quite difficult in planning. I think is something that I want to really work on next year because you, st 
for example, indoors, I've got five races lined up in five weeks. And that means that's five weeks of potentially tapering slightly and losing a long run. So how are you, how am I going to maintain my endurance and fitness and race and not burn out is something you, that you've you asked the question to... for me. Good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's something that you need to, as a track runner and an indoor runner, like it gets sidelined and then over five weeks you can then start losing fitness even though you're racing so you need to just make sure that then you're just training hard once a week racing hard once a week and then find room for a long run that's how I think I'm gonna combat it this indoor season is just prioritize Tuesdays um race in the weekends or maybe prioritize racing on a uh, training really hard on a Wednesday and getting a long run in on a Monday so yeah that's something that I want to talk to um harsh about and figuring out because you don't want to lose too much endurance over the five weeks of racing so yeah and i suppose it's not like a like us as you know marathon runners we can almost train through a race and use it as training where you can't really you don't do that at 1500 you don't do a 1500 no. meter race just for training usually yeah um, also like i can get away with like doing a road race or a 5k road race or a 10k road race like on a little bit of tired legs, you can mm. kind of, you know, you can still run fairly well, but I've stood on a 1500 meter indoor track start line with a bit of tired legs. And if you don't have that pop, you're just not, you're just not going to get anywhere near your PB. So, because it's a matter of seconds, it's three seconds and, you know, it's terrible. Three seconds mm. in a 5k is not the end of the world. So um, the intensity needs to be there on race day. And if you're tired, there's no point racing in my opinion. So you need to really make sure you get on the start line fresh. Um, otherwise there's no point getting on there unless you're using it as a training run. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, as you said earlier, you just missed out on the Olympics um, yeah. last year. So what, what are you going to do differently in the build up? You know, what, what are the key things you're going to do differently this year to make sure, yeah, you're making some of these champs yeah um yeah i need to sit down and really think about this because you can say something and not do it which is i'm queen of doing but um i think what would really help me this year is to be smart about racing um race the races that i'm gonna potentially get the time i raced and chased that time so hard in the summer it just got to me so if i can knock that the standard out in indoors I think that would be really smart of me. So that's the goal is actually if I can get myself in 404 shape indoors, knock it out. And I've taken that pressure off the whole outdoor season. I don't have to chase times and I can just turn up to champs and be ready. Um, whereas this year I turned up to champs and I still didn't have the time. So you, I was still in a, like a frenzy of, you know, can I do it? And, you know, I can still make it work. So I think it's about getting that standard knocked out early, as early as possible. Um, there are some fast indoor races and I can get myself, if I can get myself fit enough and fast enough for February, then I think that would be a good shout or at least get really good world ranking points. Um, that's something I'm going to like look at doing indoors. And then, yeah, will, just targeting the outdoors better. Will they be, sorry, will they be in the US, those indoor races? Or are you going um, to to Europe? I'm going to come back to the UK. So I'm going to target um, three races in the US. One is pay a pace. I'm pacing. I'm opening up to pace Milrose, yeah. um, which is a really cool race. Um, but I think it'll be perfect to start my season by pacing, getting to the front and just getting comfortable with the indoor track again. 
and then two races the new balance grand prix and boston um i'm going to aim for 15 mile both of those and try and knock the world indoor standard out which is 409 so it should be should be pretty easy for me um and then yeah come back to the uk and there's a birmingham muller grand prix the week before british champs Mm -hmm. so again perfect to get a feel for the track um the arena um before british champs and yeah so i've got i've got three or four races lined up before champs to see what i can do but the us would be ideal for getting the standard yeah yeah so one sort of last question which might go into a couple of questions but pro life pro lifestyle how is it how is it different now to when you were working full time because you still work don't you now yeah Yeah. yes I still work so I I worked with um cycle pharmaceuticals who I was previously with um and who are very accommodating with me and obviously if you don't ask you don't get so Mm -hmm. everyone says I'm lucky I don't believe in luck I'm like no I sat in front of my CEO and had to like clean my case so um I asked him and then yeah it started running really well and they were very accommodating um but unfortunately when I signed the contract um it's too much it's such a short period of my time I'm signed for the next three years and um I'd be stupid to not really really focus on it because I've been given this opportunity and I shouldn't work alongside it if I don't need to so what I've done instead is I'm now part-time with a different I'm still in the pharmaceutical sector but a different role that's less stressful and they understand they actually headhunted me knowing my situation so um it benefits me a lot better but yeah pro-life it's not all as it seems because it looks great and honestly yeah I nap every day if I want to um i my day is focused around my training. Um, it's so easier to get the sessions done. The kit is amazing. Um, don't get me wrong, the facilities, I, I love everything, every single bit about it. But when race day rolls around, different kind of pressure, mm. uh, different kind of pressure. You've got a jersey on and, you know, you're expected now. To it's be your job, pressure. isn't it? Then Yeah, yeah, it is. And also all the races that I loved doing before, I can't really do anymore. Like I love doing the road relays. I loved going to Birmingham and like helping the team out and I loved doing, you know, cross country and, you know, running round. I remember I did pretty well, like a national cross in um, up Leeds. That was yeah. so good. And, you know, those things you can't really do anymore because I actually love people like Jake White- Whiteman who go and do stuff and get their like ass handed to them, even though like they're professionals because everyone goes, Oh, you know, they're not in shape, but you can't be in shape all the time as a professional. You can't win everything all the time. Like we have to take downtime as well and we have to prioritize races. So we can't be in the best shape ever for everything. So as soon as I step on a start line now, I feel like I have to perform and beat everyone. Otherwise, but otherwise I can't step on the start line, but it's not always the case because sometimes I just want to race and enjoy it and can't really do that anymore. So Jake's a good example. What's he? Six, seven foot Ripple Valley, 10k the other day, which right. obviously, obviously isn't his distance. It's what exactly, you know? but everybody notices, like, yeah. oh, I beat Jake Whiteman and I'm not a pro and he's a pro and he came in the world. But yeah, he does the 815, like, give him some slack. But you, like I said, people troll you, people don't quite make that connection. And it's something that I guess I didn't do until I became a pro either. So I was guilty of it. Um, it's just something that now you have to learn to handle as being a professional that, you know, any race you turn up to now, you have to perform or, or 
if you're doing it for fun you gotta prepare to take take the hit so yeah it's not as is enjoyable because it's not i feel like more eyes are on you so and more expectations are on you so yeah and you don't have to say but is there things written in your contract which say you you need to run x times or we're cutting you actually under armor is one of the best brands that you could possibly sign with um i've seen a couple of other contracts from different um brands and they have reductions so if you don't make a team reduced if you don't make top 10 in the world reduced if you um yeah so you start off at a great base what you feel like when you sign with a with a brand but then within three years you could be earning you know basic minimum wage which Mm. is not ideal but under armor have no reductions so i have a base salary um which is more than livable and then i also have a really good bonus system so i have a bonus system for making teams if i make a team i get a chunk of money if i run i have three tiers per event so um i have first tier for an 800 second tier and a third tier of a bonus um so i can only hit for example if i hit like i think it's 203 is tier one and if i run 159 it's tier three but i can only make the it the tier three amount if that makes sense yeah, so if yeah. i i can't keep running yeah yeah yeah. it's not every time you run it's um so yeah i have that for every single event um so yeah um and i have rollover as well so if i make the worlds i get a rollover onto my contract next year which means you know um i mean i don't really care i can talk talk numbers i think it's 25k if i make world outdoors to just go onto my contract next year so yeah it's it's more it, it's like I said I'd be stupid not to um throw myself at it um exactly. this year um but Under Armour are not like every other brand I think they are very understanding and supportive and there to help you progress um yeah. and so, we've yeah. seen that with the spikes I, I was listening to Luke Matthews the other day who's Under Armour and they let people pause their contracts Correct. to run it running other spikes and you don't yeah. see that with other brands and no um, yeah so it does look, mean, yeah yeah it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one because you know I want to I want to be loyal to Under Armour and I don't want to wear any other shoe or any other brand because you know they're my employer and you know they're helping me out so um but at the same time like it is difficult getting on that start line especially if you're going to do 5 and 10k in without carbon fiber these days but yeah so they're they're really understanding but of on the spike contract i have seen the new spikes um they have been worn by um a guy on our team called casey and he ran a really good 5k and he was wearing dragons before and he said they feel the same so really promising from them and hopefully i get to battle them out them out in milrose and see what they're like so yeah i think i did i can't remember if somebody i saw them somewhere but they yeah they look good Um, yeah yeah they do so, so yeah that's exciting um and yeah, I think what you said earlier, the other thing with that pro lifestyle is just taking your, taking yourself away to this like camp situation. And mm. Josh has mentioned it as well. It's just, you know, you take yourself away from your home life and you can just focus on, on running a lot better, can't you? So. yeah exactly like the, the smallest things that you you do at home like your typical if you get takeout like I don't really get takeout here because it's not the same at home you just you just change your 
your routine. Um, I go to bed so much later in the UK. You wouldn't believe what time I go to bed here. I go to bed at like 8.30, but I get up, but I get up at six every day here. But at home, I can't get up before 10. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just, it's just so, it's so different. Um, when I come here, you just kind of like get in a different, lock yourself in a different kind of zone. Um, at home, I am terrible for eating biscuits and tea. Like I would, I would absolutely crunch I don't know 15 hobnobs in one night like see them off not a problem chocolate like, hobnobs yeah chocolate sticky chocolate one. I've eaten half a pack tonight already it's so easy <laughs> and then you then you actually I'm not going to tell you how many calories are in each one but then no. you're like shit <laughs> you're like uh I don't know if I should be doing this yeah. um not that I care about calories and stuff like you know my weight it's it's not something that I focus on um yeah but you've like, got to you've got to fuel yourself properly haven't you uh, and bad habit. yeah not, yeah it's not a good habit um is what I'm saying yeah you don't uh, need so, yeah. you, don't, you don't need it I didn't need that eighth biscuit tonight but no. I still had it because it yeah. was just there it um, was there yeah they luckily don't really have biscuits in the US so I know yeah it's kind of a blessing but um I actually have ordered seven packets of hobnobs so yeah. <laughs> whoops yeah we can always um, put it out to the listeners and they can send you loads of biscuits. And, and <laughs> yeah. um, no, I've, I've taken more than enough of your time, but yeah, thanks for, for sharing everything with us and it's give us sort of a yeah, fascinating insight into what it's like as a, as a pro athlete yep. and yeah, somebody who's done that progression from, from yeah, just sort of local athletics and working hard and getting to where you are. It's, um, it's good to see yeah it's not as common um a couple of people have said to me it's pretty unheard of that you sign a contract at 27 um and work full-time first because a lot of people get working full-time and then they kind of like rule yourself out and I mean I I did I ruled myself out so yeah definitely not done the traditional sign out of college or sign at 18 sign at 20 um, where people feel like you've got loads of room for development um you know I'm just a late bloomer and it's not been about, you know, talent and stuff. It's for me, it's more been about self-fulfillment. And if you, if you're hungry for it, then I think anyone can do it at any age. Like you shouldn't think that because you've hit 27, 28, that you can't be a professional. So um, a lot of kids, I guess, feel the stress and that these days that they need to sign a contract at 20, 21, otherwise they're never going to make it, which is just not true. And I'm glad that I've kind of I want to get that out to people that, you know, you can take three, four years out, work full time, fund yourself and off you go and do it still. So, um, yeah, it's a different kind of trajectory, but fun, nevertheless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I it. Um, before you go, is there any you've mentioned a few brands, anybody else you want to give a shout out to for supporting you? Um, no, I think that's just that's who's supporting me so far at the moment. Obviously, Under Armour are a big big influence and I'm now working for a new company uh links so they're very very supportive work remotely work whenever I want um and you know I'm in contract based so I just kind of invoice them monthly so they're really helping with taking the stress out of my training so yeah no that's that's everyone and if anybody listening or yeah afterwards if you want to ask your listeners if they want to get in touch with any specific questions then yeah I'm more than happy to answer anything from anyone so yeah, i've got that your your holly a archer on instagram right yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so, yeah. yeah give holly a follow and um yeah ask away yeah. <laughs> inundated with um yeah with messages from josh now which you already get so. <laughs> um, 
no, all, all the best for the rest of the year. And hopefully we get to see you at a, a major champs and yeah. running fast and bringing some more medals home. Yeah, let's hope so. Cool. Thanks a lot, Ollie. Thank you. Thanks to Chorus Wearables for supporting the show for the month of January. For more information on their whole range, all their watches, check out uk.chorus.com.